Welcome to Bridge the Gap. That's the show. I'm behind that suit. Nobody can get it figured out. I'm totally fine with that. I'm all right with it. They're all good. These are all perfect names. But Bridge the Gap's the interview show that we do here with the specific intent of taking super talented, smart, and interesting people, which is basically a lot of people. People don't know how interesting people really are. But you're extra interesting, in my opinion, because uh, I'm a huge fan of your music. And I don't say that to everybody because I'm not a huge fan of everybody's music. But I, I, I like listening to your shit on repeat sometimes. That doesn't happen to everybody. No offense to everybody else out there. Um, so, like, it's a huge pleasure to have you here. Like, for real, real, real. Uh, I've seen you perform you. live. I know you kill it. So all I have to say, what we like to do is take people that are fucking fire like you like, and go through your life and learn all of the knowledge nuggets that we can because your life is probably not boring. You know how I know? Because you're here. We're talking. It can't be boring. <laughs> Nobody goes on an interview show if they don't think that their life had some interesting. You know what I'm saying? Um, for sure. And so it's such a pleasure to have you here, uh, Serenity. My name is Holden Stefan Roy for the sake of it all. And... Um, I don't know. It's, it's just cool. It's just great. And just so you know, we'll have like your links in description and all that shit after and blah, blah, blah. So everybody's going to follow you and all that good stuff. Um, but on that note, are you okay with me starting with my token story first question? Of course. Absolutely. It's your show. You got to do what you got to do. Know, but I also ask it like that. Don't every even time, ask that question. But I ask it every time now. It's part of like the, you know how like it's like <laughs> a track in my head. Like this whole thing is like a, a little track, like a song. So that's part of the song. That's like the intro clip. As we move into gotcha. the part where I'm like, yo, so one time my girlfriend is uh, washing the dishes and shit, and she's bumping that black eyed pea shit that I got a feeling. Ooh, that shit right there. And she's like dancing around and she's fucking bopping and she's washing those dishes. And I'm like, yo, this is chores music now. And that's fucking funny <laughs> to me because, like, once upon a time, I went back and uh, you know, we're in the clubs. I'm at the right age where two in the morning's coming on and we're all in a circle. Fill up my cup. You know, we're all doing that shit because we faded. Um, and I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. That used to be club music. And now the shit is chores music. I've called it mom music before, exercise music. These are all acceptable terms in my head for that kind of music. But it used to be, like, club music. Which made me have this crazy epiphany. All that club stuff you're hearing today, that's just future chores music. It's just what the people, the future are going to be choosing too. And then you go back in time, right? That's what happened to me. Because I started going, yo, wait a second. When I was like five and shit, there were all these vibes around. So like... My mom, like, we had the, those really shitty disco tapes. I remember them vividly, like the $2 knockoff ones where it wasn't the real songs. And she would play these tapes in the car, in the fucking house, whatever. And then, like, my dad had all the Zeppelins. And I remember Krista Berg in the cars, etc. So, like, it, it's just all sorts of different vibes going on. And I'm starting to realize, hold on a second. Like, yo, that means that the musical journey for us, that shit's not, like, at 12, whatever. My first favorite song. It's not really there. This shit starts like way, way, way back when you're like real, real young, like five, whatever. I don't know. It's an arbitrary age. But like back when you're super young, you have zero fucking control over the sounds in your life. It's really just your family or your circumstances or the radios or whatever. So I think it's always fun to start with that. Why don't you tell us what it's like to be like the super youngest serenity you can remember and the sounds of your life, the technologies. Just describe it all for us. Wow, that question. That's loaded. <laughs> Lovely. Nice intro, BTW. Um, wow. Okay, so let's let's go back to Little Serenity. Little Serenity is probably 
not waking up to, but uh, maybe around the afternoon kind of vibing to, like you said, without a choice to soca music. Okay. Um, I'm my mom's Trini, my father's Jamaican. So, you know, soca music have to bump and play inside the house and thing, you know, you have to get on and all kind of thing just to, you know, catch the vibe. So the only so, reason I have any idea what you mean is because of pre-Chancobia <laughs> and his Thank God is Soka Fridays. And then I started watching that. And so I kind of know what you mean. There you go. There you go. So, um, so that's it. So Trini vibes, Trini energy, also a lot of reggae too. Um, once again, because of the Caribbean mix, um, predominantly being played by my brother. My brother would seem to always be the DJ okay. in the house, you know, like even to the point of like blaring the music out the windows because he's trying to get the rest of the world to catch his vibe too, you know. Um, so just that. So soca, reggae. Also with that, there is a lot of hip hop and rap without a doubt. Um, little Serenity. Can I, I ask another Serenity. question about Little Serenity? For sure. Where was Little Serenity born? Oh, little Serenity was born in Montreal, uh, NDG yeah. on Walkley and Fielding. To be more specific, uh, yeah, DG, you know, reps up. Um, and then Little Serenity actually moved to Uptown. Mm. So it was it was all that flavor mixed with the next piece of flavor, then make a whole flavor in. Then um, from Uptown, yes, you'll hear a lot of that uh, too. We'll, just, uh, we'll get to what comes after that as we get there. Because trust, we're going through your life with some details here. We still at the littlest. So if you're saying past, no, nah, we, we, we can get there later. Because we got more less. questions, right? So, right, so you got Soka less, going less. on. You got so we have soca going on. I'm gonna assume that means you're dancing and shit, because how could you not be if all this is happening? Unless I'm wrong. My my what is singing? Are shit? you dancing? Oh, of course, of course, mm. of course. That's I have to be. There's there's no way to not dance um, to soca. There's it's like if you don't dance, you're dead. Something's <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> Sorry, but so nah, let's keep fresh. it a buck. Uh, yeah, you know I mean, so Soka, Soka is life. Facts. Like you ever seen the? There's a movie like that where every time this guy hears uh, a song, he starts to wake up. Weekend with Bernie. It's like old, old, old ass movie. So funny. Anywho, so Soka's playing, reggae's playing, hip hop and rap is playing, without a doubt. A lot of R and B too. A lot of R and B. Um, you know, Mary J. Blige, one of my most favorite um, R and B artists ever. Um, just because I found she was a trendsetter, she had a lot of swag and all that jazz, but definitely a lot of R&B, a lot of Mary J. Um, who else? Oh, well, I mean, Michael Jackson, all of that. Like, oh, fair enough. It's a mixture. It, it paints it's a, a picture, though. Maybe you don't see all the connections yet, and hell, I don't even see the connections yet, but nine times out of ten, this shit ties into something later on, so I don't know what it is, but we'll have that moment together, maybe, possibly, and maybe not, who knows, but you still painted a hella interesting picture, because, yo, the people that are watching this are people that want to know more about Serenity, so they do care about all of these little things. Were y'all with vinyls, sure. or tapes, or radios? Uh, tapes. All tapes, but mind you, it's not my tapes. It's my brother's tapes because, once again, I'm Little Serenity, so I don't have any tapes. 
uh, it's his tapes and um, even his VHS uh, tapes. I used to like go in his room and steal some of them sometimes just to put on so that I can see the hip hop. You know what I mean? So I can see, because uh, honestly, some of them were like explicit words, for example, like you see something from salt and pepper talking about like ah, push it, whatever. So it's like, you know, it's, it's not, out in the open for everyone for for young kids to see right so um vhs tapes uh cassette tapes to the point that he's like recording stuff off of ckt just to you know catch the hip-hop yeah can, can we pause for time. a second mm -hmm. sometimes we tap into montreal history nuggets and not everybody knows what you're talking about when you say recording off of ckot a lot of people that you literally know probably do but let's pretend that golden jenny in norway might not know and that's right, Golden mm -hmm. Jenny from Norway is watching, uh, might not know exactly what some of these things are. So let's, can you expand a little bit on the significance of what that means to people? Um, the significance, I, I can't fully express the significance because once again, it wasn't my experience. Right. I was living vicariously through my brother, but I think for him recording with tape off of CKUT meant patience and really diving into the music because he was trying to basically create his own mixtape from what CKUT was playing on the radio. So as CKUT plays, he presses record and he does whatever he does. And then all of a sudden we have what was once a blank tape, a mixtape of hip hop and rap. So you know what's really cool so, about your version of that answer? It's because everyone else was the one who did it. I've never heard somebody describe it. somebody else doing it before. And I thought that was a coolly insightful thing. So just, I want you to know, thank you for sharing this shit. To me, it's all no mad fucking interesting. Um, at the time, was it the only hip hop station that Montreal could get that kind of thing? Uh, I don't know. I think so. I I think so. Honestly, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but because it seemed to be his go-to station, so um, definitely, uh, it's a good possibility that it was the only station, yeah. Fair enough. I just ruled it because my girlfriend asked the question, and in my life, it is ask the one she asks because she's in the next room and shit, you know? <laughs> okay. No, uh, but no, you're, you're, you're doing wonderful. This is really great. I'm really appreciating everything you're sharing. Um, but yeah, next up, I want to know, just do you have interest when you're super young in like being a singer rapper person like are you already interested in vocals when you're young any kind of performing happening in your life i was always um always kind of the class clown but like class clown versus good girl slash nerd so uh it's a weird mix um so i was always doing some kind of pseudo performance in the sense that at one point, I was trying to dance like Michael Jackson. I'm not doing it in the class necessarily, but I'm doing it like maybe at recess or something like that. Um, I was always poetic. Um, definitely learned that more about myself uh, concerning that in high school. But um, also, as far as performing, there was no like actual stage for me to perform on. I was just doing it at home, being silly being silly amongst friends, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, that's dope though, because what I've come to see is that a lot of people who did stuff like that when they're young are mad skilled when the time comes to hit that mic the first time, because actually back then they was clocking those hours that they didn't know was clocking hours. So it's super interesting to hear this kind of stuff. Like, I'm not saying any of this facetiously. I do this all the time because I fucking love hearing this kind of stuff. It's it's like, how did Serenity become that amazing? And this is part of how she became that amazing. Because when she was young, she was fucking out there practicing her moves on the slide. But, yo, <laughs> think about how much complexity went into that. You were already practicing context, time and place, awareness. Like, yo, there was a lot that you did in that little story if anyone stops to really listen to it <clears throat> yeah um there definitely was a lot um and there's a lot of influence so the influence from like i said hip-hop soca reggae it's all more or less stewing up turning up into um into into this this being so it's it's all about your environment and you know what what's your what you're seeing what you're soaking up and i soaked up a lot of hip hop reggae soca because that's that's what i felt that's what i loved right that's amazing though but i was also yeah. like just the fact that you practiced being a performer so young already and had that bug in a sense from when you were youthful like not youthful a young i don't know apparently i used the word youthful wrong because i was wrong about when i thought that age group was so i'm trying to you know stamp out some bad habits anyway i just stumbled through it it's the first little bit it's always like this and then the next thing you know we're fucking flying through your fucking accolades and wins and everything's amazing but yo it starts with youth or youngness or being like a little one because then it builds into now Usually the next phase of your life is you have all these influences around you. You're sucking them all up. And then usually what happens, and you know, maybe it's different for you exactly, but people get like this moment where they attach to like a song and it becomes like different. Like, yo, yo, I fuck with this. Like, this is good. And it just music changes. And now it becomes more something that's yours and you are in control of that ship at that point. Do you remember that mm -hmm. moment in your life? Um, that was, that was my like high school years. And that's when I was more on the R and B tip. Um, and that's when I would like purchase every Mary J. Blige CD. Um, so it was predominantly hip hop and R and B. Um, so a lot of Mary J, uh, who else, who else, who else? Um, I would do a lot of mixtapes too, like slow jams. Um, and then have sound clashes with friends. What do you mean? <laughs> a sound clash. Like we would uh, we would put music on CD and then have a sound clash with each other. Like a versus battle? So, yeah, basically. It's a versus battle. It's exactly a versus battle. Whoa. And we'd have but it was over like it was like it wasn't over video because we didn't have video on internet back then. It was just like maybe over the phone. So you're playing the song, for example, I would choose something like, I don't know, um, My Life, Mary J, or Real Love or some shit. And then they would counter back with like Faith Evans, um, was When I Get You Home, or then they then I'd counter back with like Total, uh, like other artists that probably you guys don't know. I but know I was trying to sing my Africa at you, but it was very bad. 
Damn. No, that's not. I'm not talking about Toto. Oh, I, I heard said Toto. Toto. My bad. Oh, Toto. I fucked that shit up. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. Toto. Toto. I no, heard. That's that's my bad too. It's 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 that funny accent that nah, sometimes comes. That's up. me being a shit listener and having a tomfoolery <laughs> moment. They're used to it. You might not be used to it. They're used to it. They know I do this. I'm not perfect. I'm a fallible human on the internet. I started sing Africa. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my bad. It's cool. No, yeah, but yo, what you're saying is, is 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 really fucking cool. I don't think yeah, it was a versus battle. I don't think AKA sound clash. But you know what's also dope is how you manifested it, right? Because what, mm-hmm. like yo, showing how you leveraged the tech at that time to pull it off is is pretty helpful for a lot of us trying to remember how to be like young again as we approach mm-hmm. this internet marketing era. So like flat out like uh hearing that you just use the tools at your disposal and created some shit that is effectively one of the coolest things around today yo that's nifty that's not a boring yeah. thing yeah. no 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 i wouldn't say it's boring at all um were you a winner of these actually, how did you decide who won the round you know what it wasn't even a competition like that at mm. the end of the day we both had fun uh, we both um, got to learn new music most times. That was a way also to share music and learn new music. Um, and nobody was really, nobody was a loser, you know? Everybody was a winner, so that's it. I could... Sometimes you do like a three-way call or something. You know three-way call? <laughs> I do. I'm Conference call. Yo, I'm born in 87. I'm not exactly like that. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm not. So, yeah. So, uh, three-way call and thing, you know? So, then... We do a sound clash and that's it. Yeah, no, yeah, that makes yeah, a lot yeah. of sense. But I was thinking like that must fun. have been an effective ass dating strategy if that's part of your culture. <laughs> Yo, you do one of those, yeah. find out right quick if you vibe it or not. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> I don't know, maybe you've been... Yeah, no, it's true. It is. I was like, if I was single, I'm going to fuck around with that in the future. Not that I want to be single. I love her. She's amazing. Um, I don't say. I believe you. Shout out to Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Yeah, she's great. She's here. She's already laughed at me a couple of times on this podcast, so uh, she's having a great <laughs> time. Um, she enjoys those moments a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's dope. So, what high school did you go to? Marymount. Fresh. I know where Marymount is. I went to yeah, Wagner. So, like, you guys were like definitely sporting rivals of sorts, if I recall correctly. Yeah. That's cool. So when you yeah, was in high school, did you start to be like, I'm going to get into music more seriously or were you writing or also did you have interest in other elements such as the, the drawing and the the production side of things or the DJing? I did have interest in the production side of things, truthfully. I remember um, like downloading Fruity Loops, trying to mess with it, whatever. Um see how this works, see how that works. And, um, you know, um, trying to figure some things out, seeing if I had a touch to it or, or not. Honestly, I gave that up. I was like, no, that's not for me. I already knew, I already knew that, um, I was poetically inclined. Why are you laughing? I'm not. I just love what you're saying because I had a moment of, yo, I tried that Fruity Loop shit. I made one fucking beat. I said, fuck that. I'm a rapper. <laughs> so trust, I'm relating. That was what that laugh okay. was. I was like, I okay, feel gotcha. what you're saying so much that I couldn't even hold it in. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I already knew I was poetically inclined. So I said, you know what? I'll stick to the, uh, 
to the writing of bars and, you know, forget about making of beats, leave the making of beats to those who make the beats and just write out these bars and write out these poems that I could turn into the songs eventually. So, yeah. Um, as far as other um, artistic uh, inclinations, I mean, I felt like I could act at one point in time. I was always good at acting um, in a way that uh, I was acting silly or doing something in school. Like, I mean, for drama, I would get good marks because once again, I when I put my heart and mind to it, it's a wrap. Mm. So um, definitely, definitely acting was a thing that uh, I could mix with, you know, and in the future, actually, in the future, present day, I recently helped someone with their, uh, not helped someone, but like recited their script um, in order to do like a, a script rehearsal or whatnot. And they were quite impressed. We had an audience and everything. Uh, the play hasn't been released, so I wouldn't say like exactly what the play is called, but um, it was a good run. It was like a two hour long session. So acting's always been something that was interesting to me, but I never really pursued it. Mm -hmm. in, in school, I was predominantly, in high school especially, I was just focused on school. Like I said, I had the nerd aspect to me too, so... Uh, like nerd to the point that I'm studying my books like like a nerd. <laughs> Yo, I don't hate it. I'm not exactly not nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched a lot of Star Trek. All right, I mean, I read, I read all of that shit. That's not for show. That's what I read. That's why. Okay. I, so like, yeah, straight up, you, I get it. I'm like, you. I take like, I didn't take school that seriously in high school because a life was complicated and I was mm. bored. I was way one of those kids that probably should have been put in some special like challenge that motherfucker kind of courses, and I didn't not in like a bad way. Cause it's cause your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah your no, brain like was... I needed to go in somewhere like yo, this guy is not learning in that class. We need to put him somewhere where he might actually learn proper, and that never happened because mm -hmm. whatever. I went to Wager, and uh, basically, yo, I had great teachers though. Shout out all those teachers. I fucking love the teachers I had because they really did try to like care mm -hmm. and like people might want to talk a lot of shit about that school but like all i knew were teachers that fucking gave a shit and people that didn't appreciate them you know like that's what i saw mm -hmm. going on um mm -hmm. but like i really took things seriously especially like classes i liked like english fuck man i would just take that shit mad serious so i respect mm -hmm. that a lot that you would take your study serious and i think it's a huge thing that people should do i think the system's a little outdated but like there's a lot of value in still learning the discipline that goes behind taking your shit serious and Seriously. not learning that shit when I was young fucked me heavy in my early and mid 20s. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I respect mm -hmm. it, that's all I can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like like I, I had to because I had a drive, I had a goal. I wanted to go somewhere particular at that point in time in my life. I wanted to do like, um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Like in high school, you wanted to be a vet? yep that's so cool <laughs> like that's not yeah that was that was my aspiration that's mad cool that was my initial aspiration i respect that a lot so you like animals yeah. i love animals all right do you have pets i don't i'm allergic actually so that's why veterinarian forget about it it's not it's not happening <laughs> mm, if you could have pets would you have what would be like your dream pet scenario i used to have a cat uh, named Comet Gato Guapo. 
Um, That's a great name. I know it, it really is. He was really cute. Um, and uh, I did develop allergies. I had to give them away. And then, uh, you know, so the story goes. Um, if I had a pet, I would probably opt for a dog at this point in time. But once again, I don't want to just get a pet for the sake of getting a pet if I'm allergic to them, you know? Um, so I'd have to do like, I'd have to be really sure. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a pet because I'm allergic. So, right. I yeah. respect that a lot. But I... my, my primary pet would be a dog. Is it like bad, bad allergies or like, and I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that not to be facetious because there are layers to allergies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. That sucks. It's pretty bad. Yeah. To the point that I'll feel too congested and everyone's afraid of people with COVID. So, I mean, not that I'd have COVID, but you know what I mean? It, it wouldn't, oh it wouldn't reflect well. It wouldn't reflect well. No, I hear you. Especially, I didn't even think of that. Like I didn't even consider yeah. it in these times. Um, so like I guess then you finish high school without really taking music seriously at that point in your life as a creator, or do you, at some point in high school do you like oh, nah, I'm gonna start writing songs? I'm, or do you, are you writing poetry the whole time? Or I'm I'm writing poetry which are songs. They just don't have a beat to them. Mm. Okay, I I know. So I know what you mean. so a uh, whole time in high school I'm writing poetry the whole time whole time from from sec one all the way till the end poetry 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 which are songs and because what is rap rap is rhythm and poetry so it's it's just my poetry didn't have a beat to it yet mm. matter of fact one of my poems um i turned it into a song you know where i found a beat for it and i said voila that's a good match so I, I just did that, you know? So it's, it's, I'm writing the whole time. I'm are always like, writing. I'm, are you practicing hmm? like delivery at that point though? Cause I know there is a difference. Like, like if you're like intending for it to be songs, um, are you like spitting that shit to yourself? And I say this cause I used to do similar things with writing the poetry. And sometimes I would, I would do that in my older high schools, like at like 16, 17, when I'm like, no, nah, I want to be a rapper now. At some point, I'm like, so I'm writing, but it was like that. It was like, po at some point, I went from like, you know, regular poetry to like, you know, structures, and then put the slashes, and I'd have like the chorus parts broken out and crap, you know, like, uh, and then I actually did that. So I'll fuck with how you did it because it makes sense to me. But like, I would at some point grew to practicing it. And so I don't know. Was if I it, practicing? Yeah. No, no, not even. It was more uh, written. And sometimes it would be written like like a rap, if I could say that. Like, um, because you know when you're writing a poem, automatically you already have a tempo mm -hmm. or a pace in mind about the poem you're writing, right? So for me, it was like every poem has its own pace, depending on what it is I'm speaking about or trying to express that is, you know? So when I'm writing them, I'm not reciting them verbally, but in my head, I'm I'm giving it a character already. So yeah, that was elegant. You, you feel me? I do actually. <laughs> I really like what you said there. I'm like, that's gonna make a fucking fresh ass sound bit after like, yo, that's nice. Yeah. 
you know, I love your process. I, I'm sincerely a fan of yours, right? Like, so to me, it's just Thank really you. cool to like talk to you. I might come off kind of goofy and shit, but not for real. You're just really mm-hmm. interesting. And so to hear how you do things, I care. It, it just, I do. Other people care. That's, that's just kind of what it is. It's just often we don't, I find like people don't get it at first. Not nah, like we really care mm-hmm. about this shit. Ismail's watching. He said he wanted a llama earlier. People are like shouting it out. The comments aren't like super, super litty at the moment, but like they're going to get mm-hmm. super litty at some point. Um, sure. What I've noticed is somewhere around 8 p.m., people start mm-hmm. to go, oh shit, I can't go out no more. <laughs> And so uh, people's <laughs> habits have actually been impacted that. So we go through the biz part of it now because this is the part where, like, whatever, it's your stuff. And then the story is only going to increase from this moment, right? We're basically sure. going to finish up high school now. And now, to, like, I'm going to assume, you know, you finish high school. And then, uh, yo, did you do, like, anything cool, like, club-wise? Like, were you, like, in, like, the school newspapers or things like that? Um, not even, I, I might've written a poem in one of, for one of uh, the pages in the graduation book. Um, but I was never really a part of any clubs. I was just literally focused on school. I was also working a part-time job at that time too. Okay. So, so, um, I was grinding. I've been grinding. I've been working part-time jobs since like, since high school. Like, like 15, 16. So, you know what I mean? That's so I had though. to, yeah, 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 very. So that's why I'm just focused on getting my grind, getting my school in to make sure that, because like I said, I had goals, I had aspirations. I wanted to go to college. So, um, so I'm trying to make sure I make money so I can pay my tuition and I can pay my books. So uh, am I in the newspaper? Nah, <laughs> not, not, for, not for any music, not for any, you know, not even not a part of any well, book I meant clubs, like uh, no because no, I mean like, I meant like you know like there's that committee that makes the book at the end of the year and that's what I was thinking of like there were people, like the graduation book yeah like there was a committee of people that's like a club of people at my school at least that got together and made that shit so I was just wondering yeah no I wasn't a part of that oh, fair enough but uh yeah. I respect that because you were doing all this grind shit as Merker says uh hustlers because uh yeah that's, that's Precisely. Pretty, that, and it's dope. And it shows in a lot of, in my opinion, the ethic I've seen out of you. Um, so that's fucking cool. So what happens after you finish high school? I go to college. And in college, um, more, more of the same, honestly. But now I'm expressing myself musically a lot more to the point that... Um, I'm seeing like freestyle rappers in, in Jake's Mall of Vanier. I don't know if you, I don't know where you, if you ever went to, if you've been to college or if you've I been to, to Vanier. Abbott, I've been, I don't Abbott. think I've ever been inside of Vanier. So I know okay. what Vanier is and I can contextualize what you mean. Okay. So um, I see dudes freestyling in, um, in Jake's Mall and um, I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> And my friend's beside me. And she's like, actually, you can. You should. And then there was a guy in front of me. He knew I had skills because I, I did a freestyle thing for them, like, um, maybe, like, two weeks before that incident. And uh, he knew I had skills. But his reply was, they're just going to give it to you because you're a girl. And uh, I was like, come on, bro. And he was like, no, they're just going to give it to you because you're a girl. If they give it to you, it's because you're a girl. So that's why. 
uh, I was like, okay, whatever, if you say so. But I, I never actually joined in because you had to sign up and I missed the sign up date. I didn't even know what was going on. Once again, my heads were in the books and I was trying to get to where I thought I wanted to be. I, that's still fucked. I can't not yeah. hear that at this point in 2020, Anako. Yeah, that's some whack shit. There's like, <laughs> not as, just to let you know, I'm out on that subject. We are in the middle of preparing, as in life got busy, but Eve's first album. I don't know if you've ever listened to Eve's first album. Rough Riders presents First Lady, blah, 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 Eve. That shit sounds uh, like an album mm. where a bunch of dudes got in the way and fucked that shit up and ruined her shit. Like, honestly, there's so many parts of this album where you're like, this does not sound like... Because, yo, you hear what Eve becomes. Yeah. And you're like, nah, Eve did not get what the fuck she... Nah. Like, why, also, why do all the albums have Token Dude at the beginning? Like, you have you have you heard, like, the, the first fucking um, Remy Ma album? There's a guy that hypes her up at the beginning of the project because that's what they did, right? There was a guy who had to hype up the lady on track one of every debut album. I don't know why. I mean, I do, but like, so this always happened. And then I don't know who the fucking guy on the Remy Ma album is. We couldn't figure it out. We couldn't find this guy's name. And I'm like, yo, think about that. Nobody knows who the fuck, or at least I don't know who the fuck this guy hyping her up is. But we think Remy Ma is like a fucking goat in media these days. So I'm like, that's fucking nifty, no? Oh, uh, and as uh, my Benny threw in, Eve, Missy, Lil Kim, like all of them had this dude on track one. A lot of the times it was, in fact, Busta. But like, and they all just like, yo, this girl's dope. Like, yo, why did you, like, now it seems like maybe kind of weird to people, but when you say something like that, yo, Remy Ma's first album comes out after you started college, right? So like, hip hop is clearly in that still climate. And uh, like, I don't know, man. Like, I saw this interview with you right before this where, like, dudes, like, female rapper. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, it's not necessary to say that to people. That's how I feel about this, all right? Like, you're one of the dopest MCs in the city, all right? Toe for toe. Thank you. You can go, like, fucking hands to anybody. Like, yo, you murked the freestyle last week. She came in. She busted the shit. And everybody knew Serenity stole the crown that night. Okay? Like, there was no contest. Nobody doubted. Cool Man Logan's willing to admit it, maybe. We don't know with him sometimes. It is what it is. Um, but, like, uh, everyone knew you stole the crown. And, like, you don't need to say it like that. And the thing is, is people don't know that I did a lot of album reviews. I've been watching hip-hop media for years. Trust, this is still a thing. We're like this female rapper to the point where like Meg the Stallion can't even make a fucking song without being scrutinized funny for having a couple of wits. Like, yo, oh my God. It, yo, it drives me nuts, okay? Like once you become like aware of it and you start seeing it everywhere. And I'm not a lady, obviously. I don't have to go through this shit. But at least I can acknowledge to you publicly that it's a real fucking thing and it's kind of fucked up. No, it's it's definitely a real, a real fucking thing. It's definitely a real thing. Um... I mean, you mentioned something, the fact that all these female artists have to always have the accompaniment of a man in order to come out on the scene. Um, it's, you know, we're living in a patriarchy, so it's, it's that. And rap is male dominated, so, you know, it's like the female has to be co-signed by this uh, male 
rapper or whoever he may be in order to seem legit you know so it's like um it's it's an issue you know every female rapper like you said so like missy had (laughs) had timbo little kim had puffy biggie um foxy brown jay-z you know the list goes on no this goes on and like to the point where they would like look for their girl because it became yeah. fashionable to have like a woman in your crew. I don't remember which one of them, but that's why they quit the group. It may have been Eve, it may have been somebody else. One of the stories, that's why they quit. It was like, yo, I was just like, that's some fucking bullshit. I don't want to be your token, whatever, whatever. And then they expect you to play a role. So mm-hmm. it's not even like that. Like they write your sh- anyway. It gets real deep when you go that's, into it. That's the other problem, though. You're saying it, though. You're saying it, Holden. That's the oh. other problem. They want you to play a role. You know, they want you to play a role. So they're they're getting you in order to, they're getting the female of their choice in order to have her play whoever they want to reflect for their company or for their label, you know? So it's, it's a real thing. And um, you're not allowing the artist herself to be the artist herself because they want you to play this constant role. And they, they start the ghostwriting. They start telling you how to be, how to dress. So you, we're missing out on so much of, of talented individuals because they're always trying to label them and box them in, you know? I, I, yeah. I feel like I, I don't fully know, personally. Like, I would be <laughs> lying to you if I were to, like, fully say I know, but... I've definitely noticed some things that are like, yo, this is weird. So like when I see Scotty Beam talking about supporting women on fucking Twitter, I'm like, yeah, maybe she's got a point. Because I watched Data the Culture where Joe Budden didn't react real nice to her. Maybe mm-hmm. she had a point. Maybe Joe Budden didn't like the point. Then she stopped being there. I'm like, that's interesting. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. she quit. I don't think it was the other way around. She seemed to have like stuck it to them proper. But like... I don't know, like, some of this shit gets kind of fucking weird. And, like, then you see a Tierra Whack, who is one of the most interesting artists I've ever encountered. And you're like, nah, nobody's telling her what the fuck to do. She's just being her. And it's kind of like, it's not really my cup of tea, but my girlfriend loves Tierra Whack. I don't fully Mm -hmm. get it, but she fucking loves it. So I'm like, yo, look at that. Like, if people let people be, maybe, like, more people could get, like, connecting to shit that means something to them that's it so that's it so just what i was trying to say before you just reiterated it because you're missing so much of the individual by boxing them in and putting them on the label status as to how they should behave and how they should be you know um well sorry no you don't know you, you just told me you don't know I barely but know. Uh, that's why <laughs> but you know that's why it's cool you to know. have you here because i feel like you're more willing to speak on it than other people might yeah, no, definitely. It's it's something that's um, it, it's a problem because uh, it also diminishes the uh, the artist herself and the value of the artist herself. You know, you start hearing that oh, she has a ghostwriter, she doesn't even write her own stuff, this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, it's it diminishes the value, the authenticity. Mm. Yeah, that's actually kind of big, right? Like, so my, so if I understand correctly, like you in this context, you get signed, hypothetically, big chance. The next thing you know, they're like, "Yo, you gotta let this dude write your shit." Then it comes out because it's kind of illegal not to put that credit somewhere, you know. 
Um, or maybe they do it. Maybe they do hide that shit. I don't know how much they follow the laws with that kind of stuff. They they probably do hide that shit. How many ghostwriters do you know? Oh, and you know a lot, so. Yeah, it's a fair point, eh? I really don't mm. know what's going on there. I suppose you can sign no. the rights away if you really put anything <laughs> so in the contract. Of course you can. I had to you think that through. You can do anything, apparently. Um, or yeah, you can because just... as soon as you put it in the contract, you're like, um, it might be exclusive, non-exclusive, um, depending on the words they use or how they mm. state the agreement. They could they could write it off, definitely, mm, definitely. Yeah, it's true though. That's it. When I come to think of it, how it there's gotta be a whole community of ghostwriters up in this city, and nobody's Ooh. told me a damn thing about a damn thing. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking look for it. I probably won't tell anything because, shh, but I still want to know. <laughs> but like, that's nuts to think about, eh? You could make a whole career off of ghostwriting if you write that well. Yeah, I've I uh, I I wanted to look into it once, but I'll be real with you, it was a real fucking and then I got high kind of moment in my life. <laughs> uh, I was a lot younger. And I cared a lot more about smoking weed when I was younger. Uh, Got you. I, I might be smoking weed now. It's not the same thing in 30-somethings. You know? it's, it's a different reality here. Um, but, like, yo, meticulous just pops up. There's tons behind that suit. I get the feeling I'm going to get this call after. Let me get... <laughs> But uh, basically, that's so fucking nifty that there's that many ghostwriters. I never even looked into it one time. I'm like, yo... It's not that hard yeah. to write a song. Like, it's not that... It's, it's, it's not. It's not. But it, it depends on what the label's asking you for. Can you write what they're asking you for? Can you write something that'll appeal to the masses? You know? Are you writing something that can appeal to a specific generation they're trying to target? Because nothing is done for nothing. Nothing is for nothing. Yeah, I so, love what you're saying. Because what I'm hearing... Because if you're a writer... All you got to do is find the right label that fits you, not the other way around. Yeah. That's dope. That's a nifty fucking yeah. play. That's some that's a play I never thought of before this conversation. Yeah. Oof. But if you're if you're an even better writer, you can work for many labels. That's true. But I was just assuming <laughs> it out like, well, I'm not even talking about myself. Like it's just kind of my brain goes abstract with it like Yo, this is in because even like the shittiest one style, like all I can do is this writer can still find a person willing to buy that shit. Yes. Yes. But if you're versatile, you can you can be dropping bombs everywhere and nobody knows. Oh, I'm with Arista, I'm with this, I'm with Def Jam uh I Island or whatever they have, Def Jam regular, whatever. I'm you know, you could be with whoever because you know how to write that well. It it could be a very lucrative um lucrative career <laughs> i swear i never like so here's the thing like i haven't thought about it this is why i love this shit you don't know how much i love conversations and moments like this i live for this because you know, i'm gonna walk out of this being smarter and that that's just the best kind of thing you can do on a fucking monday night um now yeah. i have meticulous and Merker both talking about how there's more money in writing like that and i'm like hmm. when you got two producers jumping in there producers know about money right more than i feel <laughs> like me as a rapper knows about money <laughs> So, like, producers are just all, like, so when they talk about, I'm like, mm, and Serenity saying it? Mm, that's a lot of signals saying this is some interesting. And it's not necessarily even for myself. It's for, like, who the fuck's watching this and maybe gets inspired and now wants to be a fucking ghostwriter? There you go. I don't know. 
That's why the knowledge nuggets and bridging gaps and all that stuff. That's what we do. We're doing it. We're bridging the gaps We're doing now. it. We're doing it. We're doing it. That's fucking dope, though. For real, I'm, I keep saying it because it's so cool. Like, I'm, my brain's already still going, yo, ghostwriting is nifty. Because, anyway, that's a whole other thing. I mean, even if you can, because especially if you can record a reference track at home, that, like, changes up shit, mm -hmm. too. Because, like, yo, that yeah. makes it. A reference track for people is, like, when you basically map out the flow of what you had exactly. in mind for that shit. Exactly. That makes it even better. Because now you're just giving them everything they need. All you have to do is copy paste. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it's it's amazing. Yo, this is a dope conversation. I love this music industry shit. Uh, but we yeah. got to get back to your life because we also got to talk that's... about your life, and then we're gonna talk about more. And it's just that's what it is. That's why that's why it goes on as long as it does. Cause yo, you're too interesting. It's not my fault. Um, if we go back to like Sejap, you're doing these freestyle battles. Uh. Or a freestyle thing. I'm not. You did them. I'm just trying to bring my brain back to what I was remembering. I didn't. I didn't actually do them. But they existed. I would do them like at part. Yeah, I would do them at parties. People would see me at parties, and I'd snatch the mic because I felt like it. You know, so um, snatch the mic and just do a little one-two, one-two verse, and and gone voltage mash up the place and make the people them. You know, swoon and thing, and then that's it. I told you we'd be doing a lot of that too. My apologies. Nah, um, it's so cool when you show. do it. I swear <laughs> I watch people sometimes because they can do that. I could not like flaunt. Like that's a love. That's a level of code switching of dialect that like I find mad impressive. And just the way you can swap it. And it just felt so organic. Like now nah, we're in this vibe now in my head. So it's got to be this shit. That's like, right. You don't have to that's worry. Right. <laughs> this is who serenity is. Just be serenity. It's dope. No apologies necessary. Thanks facts 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 so uh yeah in college i'm doing like little freestyles at parties uh my friends know about it my friends and i were trying to make little um cds i made like a bogus a bogus 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 ass song off of the fruity loop no no true story it's so many boguses it's not even funny uh, okay i made a fruity loop beat and <laughs> The beat, like, I still have the song somewhere. Don't don't ask me to play it because I don't really know where it is. But I have it somewhere. And I made a little beat. It, it sounded cute, but it was on a fruity loop, not compressed, all weird. And anyway, I decided, yeah, let's record this. And let's send this to, uh, I think, who was it at the time? Virgin or Mix 96 or Hot... Q90, I don't know. We tried to send it to somebody. And uh, <laughs> the person was like, it's not up to standards. Um, but they did reply. So that was all I needed. The fact that they replied and at least said it's not up to standards told me you have to do a lot better. Um, and like I'm rapping on the song and the beat is just awful because I was feeling myself. I was like, yeah, I could do this. And no, I, I couldn't make that beat. And the flow was okay still. You know, I always had flow when I rapped. I always had swag. I always had bars. But it was just the beat was horrible. And the recording, I think I recorded it off of a MP3 player or something. Something weird like that. And I don't know who told me at that time that you should send that into um, a radio station. <laughs> yeah, but like if you flip that, somebody told you to do that. 
and the reverse was somebody thought you were good enough to encourage. True. And then you just told me that that motivated you heavy to get good, as the kids would say. So That's true. Evidently, something positive That's came true. out of that moment in a huge way. But also, That's true. it's another F lesson that we all got in that ingenuity. People are constantly paralyzed by this idea that they need shit to achieve shit. One of them is, yo, I put so little effort in my graphics on Twitch. I just rolled with it. I figured if the content's still up, they'll fuck with it. And people keep talking to me about graphics on Twitch. And I'm like, my guy, just fucking go live with the worst shit ever. Who cares? Get started. You kind of did that with your track. Yo, you recorded some shit when you was mad young. How many people just put it off, waited, and then one day you got it to a radio station all by yourself. That's not insignificant serenity just it's 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 not insignificant but it's it it was so bad like i i guess it was a bad choice but i mean it wasn't a bad choice you if you understand what i mean it was just like yeah why why did i think why did i think this was okay is what i'm saying but i guess like you said i was young and in the industry i was just like yeah let me do it because i was so excited about it and i really liked the song honestly at that time but in retrospect, I was like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? <laughs> you were being excited but, um, and passionate. Yeah. And you're probably doing excited. it. Yeah, but it's not. Like, yo, listen, I made a Fruity Loops beat. It's trash. It's still on Reverb Nation. There you go. You can all listen to it. <laughs> it's still on Reverb Nation. Uh, I wrote the song. I recorded it at Dude's Crib. Beats, gosh, awful. It's actually real similar to your story, except that I left it on the internet because the fuck do I care? Um, I'm just like that. I, whatever. I did it. It's out. What am I going to do? Take it down? I can't take it down. You That's sent true. it to a radio station. I put it on the internet. Not exactly like the same thing. No, no, but you also no. were bold, yo. People people don't like Very. do that shit. Okay? So listen, you know how hard rejection is to face when you're in your mid-30s after spending a decade on a song? Imagine you chose that route. True story. You got like the lucky True version, story. I would say, because you sent in True something, story. and then by the time you got there later on. True story. Yeah, they said they said thank you for your entry. It's not up to par. It's not. Uh... Oh my gosh, it was horrible. But yeah, no, you're right though. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because that was that was a, a jump starter. You know, that was a jump starter. That was a, a kicker. I know for, sure. for me, having the reaction to how shit that beat was made me decide that it might be worth it to find people who made beats. I don't know. You seem to have... I got, got the feeling that it was a little bit of a motivation for you to go, hmm, maybe I'm not the beat person. Definitely. Definitely. That was that was a jumpstart for um, learning about um, producers even producers in Montreal going to shows to perform. Um, there, if I'm jumping ahead a little bit, there, uh, there was um, what was it called? It was a cipher, cipher uh, battle, or just a cipher where we would use the beats of Montreal artists, just like you did in your last uh, oh. live. Wow! Um, somebody did that already. 
Oh yes. I had no idea. But, but in person, in live, like in yeah. In still, a, to well, me, it's just like this is replicatable in the basement. Life. Holy crap! Yeah, who yeah. did that? That is so cool. This was done uh, by Max Max Mupesi. I think uh, that's Straight how I pronounce the his fuck last name. Up, he is in my DM sometimes. I think he's doing a yeah. book now. Correct. He's he has he has written a book. Um, no I shit. Believe it's on sale now. And um, yeah, he had a event called Beatwave. I believe it was every month or twice a month. And we'd go to the basement and we would freestyle cipher on um, just some like some Montreal artists instrumentals. Such a beautiful thing. And that's where we would network because we were in person, we were live. We would meet each other. We'd say, I like your beat. Can I use it? How much do you, you know, we, we would network. How much do you charge for a beat? What's, do you have a package? Do you have a site, et cetera, et cetera. So we do that. And um, that's, that's more or less where I started to develop my, my, um, my voice. Mind you, I always had the flow because the flow was in here first before it comes out. So but it was just developing like the networking and um, just working with people and freestyling, you know, catching the vibe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like literally know because like, I feel like you are straight up describing what we're trying to put together back in the day. Like, I, yeah, I, it, it, it has happened. I mean, matter of fact, I think he was still doing it up until COVID. No shit. I had no yeah. idea. Like straight yeah. up, like I've known him for a minute, but like I don't know him, know him, right? I think I, I think he brought Locksmith in, and I met him. Yes, at, he did. I went to that show, and that's where I yes, met him. Did. And then mm -hmm. he thought I was a comic, and I was like, I don't know what made you think I'm a comic, but uh, we <laughs> we didn't talk a lot after that because I told him I'm a rapper, <laughs> and then okay. I'm like, Well, were you being funny, Holden? Because I like you busted have, this. Like, no, nah, straight up, I. Jumped on the bombs over Baghdad beat and ripped that shit proper, okay? How the fuck you gonna, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but literally that's what mm. I did. Bonnie was there. That shit got used in footage after of me rapping with his little water. Like, I'm holding a lot. I'm like, how did you get to comic? I'm so confused. Okay. Like, to, okay. And then you go okay. click on my social media. I have, you know, like, I'm confused. I'm not saying it's implausible. Maybe I'm a funny dude. I don't really think I'm funny. Other people keep telling. I don't really think I am. So that means it's I'm doing. Funny? I'm whatever y'all find are funny is not shit I'm doing on purpose. I might do mm, more of okay. it because I feed off the reaction of people. But like, okay. if I try and be funny, y'all are like fuck off, and you give me like dead ass terrible looks and shit. And then like <laughs> when I'm just like talking and shit people are like oh you're fucking jokes and i'm like i i don't know i don't understand humor to like regular peoples and stuff like it don't make no sense to me so i don't even try anymore i just accept the zen of the situation yeah accept the zen accept the zen so yeah we would do the beat wave vibe and that's where i was really like how would you say honing in on my skills if i can say that um yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's mad and, cool. Yeah. No, I'm not even yeah, playing. Like, it, you it blew was my good. mind level of mad cool. 
Matter of fact, I think I met Sammy CC there once or twice. Yeah, she's true story. Cool. Yeah, yeah, true story. So, um, yeah, that's that's what's going around. That's what's going on around college time, and more more of the heads in the books, the heads in the books, um, and working, like always on the grind, always hustling, always making sure I have some, you know, something to take care of myself and my family if ever need be so that's what's up all right so then i suppose you're now sharpening skills but what happens after you start sharpening skills then what's like the next phase of your life including next phase of my life uh sharpening skills then i decide to come out with um there's a gap of time where i'm just predominantly writing but now I'm writing raps. I'm not writing poems anymore. Now it's raps to the point that it's full songs, to the point that it has hooks, it has the verses, it has the chorus, it has everything. It has it has the vibe, it has everything. So I'm writing whole songs and um, honing in on my skills, getting my voice, learning how to breathe because when I rap, I like to move too. So that's the other thing. Uh, what, excuse me, when I perform. Yo. I like to move. So, um, can you elaborate on that? I learned to breathe thing. I know exactly what you mean, but it's one of those things where people who have no idea what you're talking about really don't know what you mean. So, can you elaborate on just the breath control and how important that is a little bit? All that good stuff. For sure. Uh, when you're performing, um, especially if you are a performer who likes to perform, uh, dance, and. Um, have a lot of movement to your story or to your music, you have to know how to control your breath. Even if you're not performing and dancing, you have to know how to control your breath for every word and rhyme that you're gonna spit. When your boy, when our boy, when the whole world's boy, Eminem, decides to spit his tracks where he's spitting, I don't know, like seven words per second, he he has understood and he has figured out he has decoded uh breath control to, to a point that is um exceptional so you have to learn how to control your breath with the words that you speak you know how would you practice if I, that? I i don't know how to hmm? how would you practice that like let's say so, how would you like suggest to somebody else how to improve on that shit? If I could, if I could tell them how to improve on it, just um, rehearse your songs. I mean, or rehearse songs of individuals that rap quickly, perhaps. Um, I, I'm not too sure, but I guess that would be my best advice. Rehearse rehearse the fast rappers like twista if you ever try to you know rap a twista verse you're, you're you're gonna get a tongue tie you know you ever try to rap a logics verse you're gonna get a tongue tie you try to rap eminem's uh verses <laughs> you're gonna get a tongue tie so i i think that would be the best way yeah that's yeah. real dope because i fucks with karaoke yeah. i don't know if you ever heard of hip-hop karaoke <laughs> Nah. It's some shit in Montreal D Shade was hosting. I don't know who D Shade was back when D Shade was hosting this, which is just a whole other thing. 
But yo, you're at La Belmont and there's no words. You just get up mm -hmm. on that stage and you rip the track like it's your own track. I got real really? fucking into that shit. It is 1000% the most impactful thing on me being a performer. Cause every time you go back and I, for a year, it was like every month. Every time I went back, I would do something different. I did Hobson the first time. I did Ludacris the next time. I did some Tupac at some point. You know, did Tech Nine. It said I did Party Up. That was my like fucking go to. That is my like. If you throw that shit on, I can rip it word for word with the fucking beat and kill it every time. Fucking track. Um, okay. Anyway, it was fucking mad bless. Uh, yeah. It taught me a lot about a lot of the things you're describing. Like I've done rap god. You find. Yeah. You have to find them. They all exist. Yeah. You will always find the holes where Eminem breathes, except for the part where he puts the hype man up. Yeah, I watched the live videos. Watch the live videos. It's actually really helpful. Mm -hmm. You'll see mm -hmm. exactly where Eminem fucking breathes. And when the hype man comes mm -hmm. up, you have to accept there's a good chance Eminem had no way to do it proper. And it was studio that made that magic happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's exactly. one exactly. part of Rap God where it's studio magic in the fast part. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the best way I could describe how to how to hone in on those skills. Amazing. Practice, practice. Look at look at your your um the artists you admire, you know, and look at the ones you 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 want to be like in the sense of rap flow. You you will find out how to control your breath in that sense. For me, it was like Busta Rhymes. You know, I love Busta. He's one that I really, really do love. And, um, you know, he has, he's been having that rap flow and since, I don't know, 19, how long? Like 19, whenever he came out, like 1989, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a long time ago, right? So it's not, it's nothing new. So he's definitely one of the rap gods, um, especially for the fast raps that's, you know, he's double timing, triple timing. <laughs> he's just going. It's crazy. <laughs> no, it's for real. I love Buster Rhymes' flow. Um, yeah. He, he was straight up from that scenario remix to like today doing it proper. But what's cool about Buster Rhymes is that he's also able to do like the calm, slow regulars too. And he would mix that into it so that you got a complete yeah. package on the Buster project. Mm hmm. Speaking of complete package, one of the things I really do appreciate about Busta is his um, Caribbean influences too, right? Okay. So, you know, he's Ayardi, so um, he has that influence and you can hear it in his music. Also, he was like one of the first artists to really um, mix and mingle and incorporate other reggae artists in the hip hop scene, you know? um with his remixes like with uh bounty killer and um who else did he do a remix with benz and beamers yeah bounty killer i think it was so yeah i really appreciate him so when you talk about completeness definitely he's a i love how you're definitely an artist but i love the mm -hmm. angle you took with that that's huge i see where your heart's at yo so people don't often think a lot about the roots right and so for you it's like buster rhymes is from this place and in his position he made sure to bring where he's from into this thing to give it a chance so you know that's where your heart's yeah. at and the roots of the situation and mm -hmm. i think that's fascinating that's why i wear this hat right like because i realized like yo i might go talk to some people i should at least wear the hat let people see where we're at you know it's what you're doing with your shirt i fucking i think it's, it's it took me a really long time to learn that lesson though so to hear how important mm -hmm. it is to somebody like you 
is really is really big you know you have to like care about where you're from and make sure that your your past is like reflected accordingly definitely but definitely i'm with you on that 110 but also it's not just my roots it's the roots of rap period rap rap was created by a caribbean gentleman named dj cool herc he's jamaican of jamaican descent so it's not even just my roots it's the roots of the thing that i'm in love with so um no that's big those are some big ones man like that's where like yo my my guy ismail just dropped my knowledge nugget email on that because it's big facts sometimes i don't think people even stop to think about how far back hip-hop goes people like if we want to just pivot to it like when people talk about the golden era like it's like the the original hip-hop it's like i it's kind of an expansion pack if you think about it yeah. it's not really yeah. the original the original and i've gotten the pleasure of talking to a few new york cats who told me about growing up in bronx and harlem and some shit so i got to hear a little bit about the parties and how the shit was just everywhere on the streets and da 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 it wasn't really like mcs in front of a stage rocking shit that's the expansion pack to the culture mm-hmm. in the way mm-hmm. that other things were expansion packs to it so i love mm-hmm. that the way that you bring it back to it and then you correlate it to that because i didn't think of that and i probably should have thought yeah. of that yeah it's it's and it, i think it's an important factor that gets overlooked quite too often and um you know like you're talking about bringing it back to my younger days i remember going to new york i was like nine or ten and i i fell in love once again with the hip-hop scene uh, you see hip hop everywhere. You see rap. Uh, we put on the TV in Montreal. We don't see none of these things. We don't see none of this in Montreal. What? We are watching all kind of thing because it's their culture, and we're in the same decade. We're in the same time frame. But Montreal was—I don't know—they we were just quiet about rap. You know, I think rap started to become popular the last 10 years in Montreal, to be very honest with you. I feel that way. Okay, no, um, yeah, I see what you, Well, I think social media put a spotlight on what was happening. That's something that was possibly, possibly hidden. But there was. But to say that rap was nurtured in Montreal as it's been in other places, absolutely not. Not at all. So. I remember going to um, New York when I was like nine or ten, and we had we went to a blocko. A blocko, if I don't know if you know what a blocko is, but a blocko is like a street party. Um, it's like an organized event. That's a street party. They have uh, kind of like when we have under pressure. Have you ever been to under pressure? Uh, j- just the last Montreal? one. The last one. Okay. But no, I know so, I know what it is. So I, I'm with okay. you enough to like follow yeah. what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So uh, we went to a blocko, and it's like a, it's a whole party. DJs are spinning, and sometimes there's more than one DJ um, from one end of the street to the next. So we're vibing, we're dancing, and I'm like, I'm also vibing and dancing at 19 years old because this is grand. This is like, what the hell is this? I love this place, you know? And I, I think that's when I honestly fell in love with New York at one point in time. I was like, this is the spot because you feel the energy, you feel the culture, you feel, you feel, I mean, I felt at home. I felt at home and I felt um, like, you know, this was, it was such a good time. You're, you're hearing music that 
you cannot hear in, in, in Canada, in Montreal, and you, you, you're, you're just feeling that energy, the hip hop vibe, you're seeing the clothing, you're seeing the fashion, the cross colored shirts at that time, you're seeing all kind of stuff like, it's crazy. It's, it's like, it was really, it was really dope. Like, just, you know, so once again, like when I say I'm like soaked in hip hop, like, I was in that experience, I was in that vibe, seeing the turntable spinning, seeing uh, the b-boys dancing and this is me at a young age just with witnessing so cool. this so yeah it was it really was you know and then my brother's just like taping everything off of the vhs because when when we go back to montreal we want to have all the good stuff right <laughs> so that we can uh, play it on the vcr on repeat <laughs> not for real i'm following all of this i'm, I'm processing it but i just want <clears> you to <throat> know i'm following all of this this is really cool yeah why it's really cool is because y'all like i never thought about how not available it was before this conversation and it was dry and i don't think i've talked to anybody that was like yo i was young and i went there and i came back and it's mad different before and like that's that's so like cool but then even thinking about the smuggling of the VHS is back and all of this, that actually relates to like another interview I had where somebody was telling me that's how they got into music was like doing that kind of shit. They would just like copy the MTVs and stuff. And I thought about it and I'm like, yo, much music wasn't lit like that. Like it really wasn't. Like, I mean, it's, uh -uh. it's just not at least when I was in high school and shit. Like it was it just, I mean, much vibe was okay, but like, okay is the right word for it. So, yo, yo, you're dropping huge context nuggets here because, you know, like, I think we all need to learn this kind of stuff slowly. And I don't know what it all means, but it's certainly worth thinking about. Um, I mean, definitely worth thinking about because I remember when we came back um, from New York, my brother actually stayed longer uh, because he got a contract, like he got work there to do construction or whatever at that point in time. And... Um, I remember coming back, putting in the tapes and we're playing them for our friends and our friends are like so hyped because it's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like you have such new shit. Um, only to see those actual videos out on like Vibe or our Rap City or whatever we had, maybe two years later. No shit, that's a serious two turnaround. Two years later, two years later. And it's like, why two years? This this came out in so-and-so, like, I don't know. I don't know the actual, like, I don't know when it came out. But imagine there's a time lapse from when we saw it with our own two eyes to when it's actually coming out in Montreal. And it's two years. Yo, that's mad two big years. if you think about why. Like, so two years has, mm -hmm. So if you think about that New York attitude, yo. We the hot ones. We are ahead of the world. And you That's think passe. about, but if you That's think about, if you think about the attitude, <laughs> it's probably linked to that shit, right? Because that would have been mm -hmm. real, right? Like <clears throat> even in other parts of the states and shit, it probably still took a minute to circulate. If and I'm not saying or all over the states, like certain places would have had like hot markets for it and other places it had to trickle to up until the internet came through right because you know syndication isn't exactly the same thing 
in like 1995 as it is today it's not like they were all organized like that shit that you see on tv now at the new circuit it's not it was like mad like stuff had to actually circulate unless you had labels yeah so like that's super nifty that explains some shit to me not like and i agree the world has evolved and the internet equalized a lot of things like because yo even when i'm like if you think about like when we're young albums always had a different release date uh than the states like canada had a separate release date like the rest of the world now canada gets the same thing because of the internet and we're in the same time zones but trust places with different time zones don't always get the same release dates to this day yeah but our time zone was two years later though that's that's what killed me because i was like why are we only seeing this like now this is old shit Oh, and it's and it literally was like a time capsule is the weirdest thing it's like whoa 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 why are they acting like this is new we're seeing this on like groove or whatever the was, channel was on music plus or whatever there was much um, vibe was like at one point in the 2000s i know i don't know about before that so in the 90s i don't know shit but in the 2000s it was much no, vibe and much, much live. vibe no but on music plus oh not there was there a version of that was there yes i didn't know there was a Okay, I didn't even know. Yeah, was there was, there was, and it was, it was like, it was animated by a girl named Varda or, or another female. I don't know, but it was predominantly in French. But they would play English music videos. Straight up, I yeah probably no don't know it. I don't know the name of this. Yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. So it was at the same time um, with Much Vibe, and uh, because Much Vibe was based in Toronto whereas ontario that is whereas um Uh, this one groove or rap whatever i forget what it was called man was uh based in montreal at music plus so okay so yeah and two years later that's the time frame that's the time zone two years later imagine that though that's that's old shit (laughs) so you notice because you happen to notice but imagine everybody else who's watching this let's just think of the next implication now everybody acting like this that fresh and new exactly and that's why i remember telling someone they were like oh did you see that new thing on um because they were watching the show like groove station or vibe or whatever and i was like yeah that's old bro and they're like, what do you mean that's old? I said, I have it on VHS. It's old. And they're like, oh. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. I mean, and, and that just goes to show, like, like I said, you know, hip hop wasn't nurtured in Quebec and Montreal like it is now. You know, some people will say, oh, you know, hip hop started around the same time in the States in as in in Canada, excuse me, as in the States. No, it, it didn't. And if it did, it, it definitely wasn't nurtured like it was in the States. Mm. So how can how can a child that's not nurtured grow? She can't or he can't. So that's 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 the story. That's where we are at now. And that's why now, because it's being nurtured, it's growing. Uh, you know, we have we're going to have whole live TV shows with hip hop uh Fendi Feb. Yeah. Um you know what I mean? I do. So that's huge actually. So big now, but you know? It's been a, I, I've been telling people for a minute is this decade that is gonna be the decade. Like when I say the decade, I think you've actually quantified something that I think people mean and they've been using the wrong language for. Put it on the map. That's been a weird statement to me because I know what people are trying to say, but I think you described it much better. Make it mainstream. 
as in like you go everywhere in Montreal and it's hip hop because people in the regulars love it that much. That is, I think, what everyone's waiting for when they say put it on the map is that the city is like fucking around with the music in the way that everyone's hoping for it to happen. And I think you're right, man. Not man. Sorry. It's just the flow. <laughs> I'm trying to like watch my like P's and Q's more. And the only way to condition myself is to almost chastise myself in real time. Anyhow, <laughs> it's like on mainstream television. Yo, there's going to be a whole bunch of six-year-olds that are going to grow up watching Fin de Fable right now, right? Think about yep. that. Like, that's like, that's not like a thing that like fucking existed when we were young. Like, I'm hearing what you're saying and really processing it, right? And countering mm -hmm. it with that. And then plus all the grant money flowing into labels and shit. And all the, yo, hip-hop is being used by the Quebec government. I saw an English rapper got paid to do an ad to tell us to stay the fuck home and social distance in Montreal. I don't remember who it was. But I was like, yo, an English rapper got paid by the Quebec government to do his song. That's like a level of shit that you do not expect to see. But I hear what yeah. you're saying. That's a level of nurturing that does mainstreamify things in a way where it normalizes it more. And yo, I hear what you're saying, I think. I think. And it's fucking big. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely uh, important to nurture um, the talent, the culture, um, but also keep the culture the culture. Mm. And the culture has inclusivity. The culture of hip hop and rap has always been inclusive. Even when it was predominantly Black and Latino, it's always been inclusive. So for me, you lose an essence of the culture when you start to make it what you want instead of what it already is. And rap is a giant, so rap doesn't want to be changed. You know, rap wants to stay exactly how it was meant to be. Hip hop is a little wishy-washy but rap does not want to be changed so yeah that's huge keep the you, culture keep you gotta expand on that that's a big interesting statement i i kind of get what the fuck you mean when you differentiate hip-hop and rap here but now we have to break that down a little bit for the people that maybe don't know what you mean because we bridging gaps so for me rap is the big brother hip-hop is a little sister she has a lot more R&B influence. She has a lot more pop influence. And she's just hip. She's fashionable, hence hip hop. Rap is the rules. Rap is the book. Rap is the brother. It's the one who has set the tone and it's the one who, who is literally in charge. Um, I'm, I don't know why I'm speaking like this, but I can't explain it any other way. This is how I know to explain it. This is how I know rap. This is how I know hip hop. I love them both, but rap is the rule book. It is the book. And, um, hip hop is the little sister she she can she can be manipulated she can be configured a little bit she's more fluid whereas rap is a little more set in stone and um 
it's not seen like that today because they are trying to change rap, but in at the end of the day, they'll change it, but it won't it won't be considered rap anymore. Um, it'll I mean, be considered something else. So it'll be considered rap because rhythm and poetry, but there's also the culture that goes into well, like even as like a, a comment just popped up and said mumble rap and i'm like yeah but that's just been rebranded nobody's really calling that rap anymore if you're following the trends that's just exactly. melodic trap it is melodic yeah. vocals over trap beats and that's a dope name for yeah. it it's not rap yeah. why are we calling it no. rap it's a different thing it's, yeah exactly but if you're getting back to the roots and the essence of rap you have to go back to the roots and the essence of rap you know, um, and and this is the beauty of rap because rap is an entity so much so that he has evolved. He has evolved. He's evolved to not only his little sister hip hop, but to other forms of himself, you know, and that's where the longevity lies is the fact that he can evolve. So that was blessed. I mean, that's. That's that's me and my rap thing, you know. I mean, love my rap, so me doesn't want to go into it. Like, I could listen to you talk about this shit for hours, cause that's what I do. But also because you're extra interesting. That was so fucking profound. I've never heard anybody put it like that. Okay, like literally the way you framed it, it's very interesting. I know a lot of the ideas by very different language and a very different framing. Same ideas, mm -hmm. very different framing. So hearing you yeah. put it like that to me is just eloquent. It's, it's kind of why I love this shit because I would never get the opportunity to hear the way you described it like that with like the sister versus the brother and the rules. And if you think about rap, it's like, yo, people like what they fucking like when they're really into rap. And it's always the same thing. They want the bars, they want the fucking this, but they also want the that. And yo, to make a rap album, there's a bunch of rules to follow and it requires its toolkit more than just one thing. But... Yeah. You go look because at, you have no go on sorry no you go, go uh you go look at all the classic albums of hip-hop and i say that because i did that uh not all of them but 150 we just we're about to do episode 151 so that's a lot of albums wow. that are classics right um yeah they all have rules to them the ones that are good um they tell stories so the whole album tells a story so there's a lot of storytelling in it right um now the individual tracks are allowed to be versatile now as long as they move the global narrative that's why you get away with it but all the tracks have to be different and i say tracks because even your fucking skits have to be different get the fuck out of here with seven skits that's a phone call with some shit i'm never gonna <laughs> understand i get it your homeboys understand it i don't understand that shit but like you got to keep your shit alive and versatile to move along this global narrative or it feels weird and disjointed the best albums will have unique experiences on each track, but not necessarily unique song content identity. And the perfect example of that is Method Man and Red Man's The Blackout. They ain't say shit for 13 songs and it's blessed. That's true. They said fucking nothing. I swear That's true. they said nothing the whole album. That's true. But they were fun. They were entertaining. Kind of like Lil Yachty. Whoops. Yeah, they were, they were fun. They were entertaining. And that's what's important. Also, not only that, but the beats were heavy too, right? Some of the beats made you want to move. Some of the beats made you want to just chill. Some of the beats, you know, there was, like you said, versatility. And like when you're looking back to the roots of it, like you, 
rap? What, what's what's an element of rap? What are the four or five whatever elements of rap? You you have your DJ, your DJ spins, you got the scratching. Sometimes you do a little one, two scratch, okay. And then you have the B-boys. Why do you have the B-boys? Because people want to dance. Mm. You know what I mean? People want something they could rock with. You know what I mean? You also have MCing. You have the bars man's or bars woman, you know? So it's 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 a thing it's a whole thing so even if they didn't say anything in particular on their album for 13 songs they covered every other element the rules of rap but even if you go back to the idea of um saying something on songs that's you're right they might not at an individual level but there's an emotional vibe where it feels like you go out for the night like it gets rowdy and then it like kind of comes down and shit you know, like there's a vibe to it. And I feel like that's what people like don't necessarily understand that. And I say that because I see a lot of conversations on the internet where people like lock in on one element of lyricism and forget that there's like more elements to songwriting. And you can rap as a songwriter and literally say fucking nothing or, or, or be like a biz marquee where like literally that guy's goofy on purpose because it's like his mm-hmm. character. Like, yo, we have this theory that we've been working on now. Shut up my homeboy, Nuclear Convoy, because he invented it. But I started testing it where, like, rap is mad connected to comic books and wrestling in the similarity point where you create a, a character, like a superhero or a villain, where you personify XYZ thing and you put that shit on the wax to tell your story. Which is kind of what actually happens in wrestling and comic books. Even if wrestling that you see on the WWE is poorly executed, underground wrestling is lit with the storylines and shit like it's not the same thing as what you would expect with like whatever but yo it's like uh, these people take their characters mad serious it's like everything you would put in the proper branding behind the character like serenity is not random you you created a character that is called serenity that's the character we're speaking to today you know like to a degree there's the person but like you're on cam of course it's like that i'm on cam we're all like on our character mode a little bit we know that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like in a ways we're like we're superhero versions of ourselves <laughs> it's true i could take that i'll take that i'll definitely take that or like i'll definitely take that i think mf doom is a great more like literal example of it but it's also a great way he created the doomiverse it's like a whole mm-hmm. universe of interlinked characters and stuff Anyway, that was just uh, that little thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not familiar with MF Doom. I know he recently passed away, so rest in peace to MF Doom. But I'm not familiar with his work, too. Fair so enough. I can't, I can't relate to that. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. That's all right. It's, like, totally fine. Um, we're not always going to be able to relate on every single thing. It's part of the beauty of life. But, yo. I'm curious to know when you started to like develop the character of Serenity now that we're on that subject because we didn't really talk were you always Serenity when you were like little Serenity or were you a different person then and then you became Serenity? I was not Serenity as a little kid. As a little kid I was I was me. I was just a kid, you know, kicking ball, riding bikes, doing stupid shit, whatever, listening to good music and influenced by that going to new york seeing the swag of new york going to the labor day parade in new york um you know seeing that the caribbean side of that seeing the energies 
when did serenity come about? Serenity started to come about in my college days. Like I mentioned, when I was freestyling at like personal private parties, um, just doing my thing. And um, then she just started to evolve and expand into who serenity is today um after beat wave or during beat wave like i told you the beat wave which is the cypher right. session with the montreal artists and producers um so that's when serenity really started to become herself and um How did you get the name uh, just from my my character, like, cause I'm chill, whatever. Just that's it. Nothing fancy. Just serenity. That's a really good way to put it, cause it like it's poetic <laughs> inside of itself. Like it's almost a double entendre if you go meta with it, cause you said it all chill and serene. Like anyway. Uh... <laughs> but it's it's a you say it's a double entendre, but at the same time it's an oxymoron when I'm on stage, cause the vibe is serene. It is a serene vibe, but at the same time, the delivery is wicked. So um, it's an oxymoron in it, in and of itself. It's, it's just, you know, yeah. That's yeah. fair. I've so, seen you deliver. Yeah. It's very intense. You bring a serious passion yeah. to it. So yeah, yo, when did you, you like start this run of like proper releasing stuff? Like, like actually like getting into putting out music, like, I mean, you're ciphering, you're doing things in your life, you're evolving, you're writing. When do you, like, go, fuck it, I'm going to start doing and, and move to that level? So, so bringing it to the public to the point that I'm making it absolutely public, no holds bars, literally six years ago, 2015. So 2015. Um, I remember one night, I was just uh, chilling at home. I was bored. I was like, well, what's going on? What am I supposed to be doing right now? I'm supposed to be doing something. I just don't know. So I called up a friend and I said, do you know of any um, jam sessions where, where, where an artist or an upcoming artist can vocalize, preferably rap on uh, like live beats or instrumentals, et cetera, et cetera. And she told me, she said, yeah, I have the perfect place for you. It's um, with this group, this collective called Urban Science. So uh, she said, you should go there. Actually, you would, you would kill it. You'd love it. Um, so shout out to Christine Data for that. Um, and since that day, she's right. I loved it. And I went there and I killed it. Um, so urban science, urban science is a collective and they did, they, they do not now because of COVID, but they did a cipher to a live seven piece band and they make beats on the fly, just catching the vibe. It's a jam session. Other instrumentalists uh go up on stage and you know create beats with them and they ask or they tell artists vocalists whether you're singer rapper poet to come up on stage with them and you know bless the stage with a verse or two and then get off and share the stage with other people i went up 
and I remember just, I remember being shy because it's been so long since the last time I, I performed, um, which was at the beat wave vibe. But, um, I went up on the stage and I remember just spitting whatever it was, 16, 24, I don't remember what it was, but, uh, the guy who's the founder, the creator of urban science was like, yo, you're dope make sure you come back next week hey. and shouts out to Vincent Stephen Ong for that. That guy is yeah, mad dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. He really is. And, um, so I remember that, that day, that, that golden day. And that's where everything started to just flow. After that, I created my EP and I released it with urban science at, um, at the cipher. Um, which was a very dope experience in itself. So, I mean, that's when I started coming out. I started rolling out to the cipher. I was booked or trying to be booked at least once a month with them um, so that I can uh, express my voice and get it out there and let Serenity be seen and heard. And I got a lot of positive feedback from just performing at the cipher and with the urban science team. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. That's a big deal for me. That was the biggest stepping stone for me. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. You know what? It's important, I think, because everyone's grind and what motivated them is going to be kind of different. For me, I got that through hip hop karaoke, for real. A lot of what you're describing. Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. dope for me. But, like, the cypher is cool. It's the cypher, right? The one that's like the cypher that's yeah. like, you know, they've been doing it for like seven years or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're legit AF. Like, we're talking professional musician types. We're talking, like, a whole on thing. And you're able to mm -hmm. rip it there and get that love. Plus, I understand the mm -hmm. vibe is generally positive. Not, But, like, even to rip it there and kill it extra, not to say you, you didn't, because Serenity is quite incredible. But, like, it's such a cool environment for, like, people to go through and, like, practice or to get their, their game on or even to get, like, a chance to play with instruments, which isn't, like the easiest thing in the world to do you know like playing with yeah. instruments as a rapper is sometimes complicated like when you get that moment like i remember one time do you remember crowbar used to have these like open mics on wednesday i don't know if you remember them all i know is jay uno's there one time playing saxophone and jay uno playing saxophone and i'm fucking freestyling awfully i'm garbage okay i am not able to do this okay i'm trash at it but jay uno it was one of the coolest moments of my life because like when do you get to rap over a saxophone like that like that is so fresh yeah and the cypher is like the kind of place that that happens if i'm not mistaken that the cypher is definitely the type of place that happens um however we do still want standards like we're, we're not just looking for anybody to step up on stage you know what i mean it's um especially as an instrumentalist like when you're playing the drums you have to be you have to have a certain level because you're not trying to fuck up the rotation you know puff puff give puff puff give don't fuck up the rotation so you know you want to make sure that you're you're on point you're doing the right thing and um you know, just getting it, getting it to the point that the level that we like. So yeah, when you go to the cipher, that's the vibe. It's positive vibes, but at the same time, you have to come with an A game. 
So it's not just, you know, anybody's going to go up there and practice. It's not a practice session. No, no. I meant it more like for the experience of at that level. Because as much as like, I don't want to like diminish it like it's some like entry level thing. That's fair. But I know a lot of people that could hold it down and have no idea that this exists. And it's more for that realm of people. Like, I know a lot of people, probably, like, if I were to comb through my brain, like, 50, 60 people that if they knew the cipher existed and had gone through, might even feel a little different about the scene today type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find when we had the cipher um, pre-COVID days, it it is my one of my number one spots to go to. Um, number one to network, number two to uh, just vibe and even like, you know, release some energy and self-expression. Uh, always a good time. Always uh, you, you gain something when you leave that place. You know what I mean? You gain something, whether it's a new sense of uh, inspiration from somebody else or a new sense of confidence for yourself, you know, your first time going up on stage, uh, whatever the case may be, you always leave there with something, something good, you know? So um, definitely one of my top spots to I'm like to be at. I'm really mm-hmm. glad you brought that up. And part of it is because I wish somebody had really explained to me what the fuck Le Cypher was prior to meeting Vincent and seeing what he was about. Um, yeah. Because I always saw it as this thing that showed up in my Facebook events Thursdays at 11 p.m. Now, for me, that is that is just not a very good time slot in my life with my <laughs> Friday 9 a.m. start times, right? So I basically blew it off for, like, ever. I never ended up going. And I actually sit there, and I'm like, how did I not go once? Like, not once. You should. No, I mean, I will. When it comes out, yo, my whole attitude is different. You know, once this is done, I'm hungry. I'm hungry like I'm 20 again. <laughs> but like, I also learned to rap better. I don't know that I could have held it down like that, to be honest. Now I think I could hold it down a little better. I don't think I'm like well, super better. But I'm also going to be doing this little training event every little Tuesday for the people that want to get their way up uh, to that level. Wink, wink. That's what we're doing over here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because we have a cipher. I realize not everyone's going to know what that means. Sometimes my judgment isn't amazing. But yeah, because we have this cipher, and that's all we're doing now is practicing this shit for a lot of people that are going to be rusty. And then, you know, you practice, and then when that comes back, I don't care. I want to have my A game ready to go so that I can go there to any go. place and drop it, rip it, do whatever, and just be prepared. Uh, like, we were talking about, like, luck before and how, like, this was before you were on camera because we were just talking with the chat people about, like, how luck is just opportunity and preparedness. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, mm-hmm. what's fucking cool about your story, because, you know, a lot of people have real different stories. But mm-hmm. a lot of people's stories start with, like, a bunch of shit happens. So, like, let's say the opportunities, but lacking the preparedness, the longevity is not in play, they fizzles. That things happen along the way and they don't necessarily come out strong and stay alive right even myself i made some fucking stupid ass moves when i was younger fucking wasted all sorts of time and shit but if i look at what you did is you, you practiced you put your effort in then you find these collectives now this shit's nifty to me because collectives is not something i ever thought of before like I guess, caring about community. Because you kind of have to care about a community to be part of a collective, right? Like, it's like you have yeah. to have that interest to even want to go to that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So now, like, you're in these collectives where obviously you're going to be with other people. And, like, you know what I learned? Writing and recording on the internet with a couple of people just in the comments. Yo, that shit's helpful. Like, you think it's kind of scary in your head and shit. Nah, it's actually really, like, rewarding and to do it in front of people. Because then you find out right quick when you're doing stupid shits. You know how many <laughs> hours I wasted doing things that were terrible ideas? It happens. Yeah. I'm okay with it because I'm making much smarter choices now. It's always okay to reflect on terrible choices once you've made like better ones. So it's like, whatever, that's the past. I'm cool. I'm doing smarter things now. That's why like we can all learn from it. But 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 like in your story though, you have this like for years. This isn't like nothing. Yo, I put down top five and I say that not hyperbolically. You might think I'm kidding. You might think I'm gassing you up, but I need to have a top five at some point. I've only got two names in it right now. So, like, I say that, but now it's making much more sense to me because, like, look at your life. It's got so much of effort and practice and building shit up and, like, looking into, like, how to do things right. And even believing in yourself, having, like, the gusto to send off a track early like that, right? That's not insignificant. All it is, by the way, and we haven't even talked about how dope you are, really, because all of this is the prior to how dope you are. How you got to being dope is all we've really covered at this point. And so you got all of this practicing. And, yo, I'm, like, learning in my head, right? Like, that's all I do with this shit. I'm like, yo, Serenity's fucking really good at this. And I don't say that. Like, you guys know. I went to go see this live show, this Lit Chicks tape concert. Serenity didn't even know I was there. So that's why I have this, like, little clip of footage of Serenity performing on my computer. Because I filmed that shit. And I'm like, yo, yo. Like, you turn that shit up. Like, when you said it's kind of an oxymoron. Facts. I can attest to it because I got that experience. I was, like, front row with my fucking camera. So you are probably like, whatever, camera time. I get it. You don't even notice those people. Let's be real. They have the camera. I'm just being real. I don't. It's what it is. You're seeing the camera. I'm focused, man. I'm focused. I'm focused. But yo, you just fucking engaged. Yo, you fucking worked this broken-ass microphone. And yo, I saw everybody struggling that night. I saw everybody. And you just made it part of your acting shit. Like, yo, it wasn't like whatever. Then she shows up on the end of the week Zoom and does it again in my fucking face. And I'm like, yo, I don't even feel like comf I actually don't eat. Yo, that shit like lights fires in you. Because I was on that same one going, too. I did an off the dome, and I'm like, no, this isn't good. I had to get good, you know? Like, So I saw that shit, and I'm like, then I started hearing your music, and I'm like, there's not a lot of people that, like, I loop. When my Spotify list comes out at the end, you're going to see that I actually do play your shit more than other people's. It's not, like, fucking bullshit. So I really think you're incredible with, like, a lot of understanding of deeper levels to this music that a lot of people don't get with marketing and how to create hits not just something hits you create hits that are also dope i'm not saying that you know, my you. whole reviewer reputation is at stake when i say this type of shit so i can't be like <laughs> i can't like it, it just has to be facts or i'm not you know it's bad news i mean for me um creating music is 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 a blessing in all by itself. Um, when I am creating music, what are, what are my intentions? Well, my first intention is, do I like it? Do I like it? If I like it, not to say that I like everything everybody else likes, but if I like it, 
I can feel confident to release it. I could feel confident to perform it. I can feel confident to spit what is being said in these bars because I like it. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm happy with it. So first foremost, do I like it? Um, can I listen to it? Because I might like the lyrics, but can I listen to it? Can I actually listen to it like over and over and over? Because if we are talking about rotations and hits and music that plays some, some, some places, like if you go to, uh, once again, New York, when I was in New York again, this is later dates. This is like young MA 2018 dates. When I was in New York, they were killing her song, the Ooh, that Ooh song. I know what you're talking about. And they were hot. 97 is known for putting shit on repeat, like nobody's business. You would hear that song legit every hour. And every hour that I heard it, I didn't get mad at it, that I'm hearing it again. I just found new elements in the song that maybe I liked. So when I listen to my stuff, can I listen to it again? That's the second thing for me. So the first thing is, do I like it? Second thing is, can I listen to it on repeat? And if I can listen to it on repeat, maybe somebody else can listen to it on repeat. If I'm starting to get bored of my own shit and I'm like, oh, why, why do I sound like that? Like, ew, no. Mm -mm. Then, you know, that's probably what somebody else is going to think. Yeah. So uh, can I listen to it? Next is, um, yeah, I throw in bars lyrically. I like to be lyrical, you know? I like to do the things. And, you know, I think in creation, you need to... You need to make it so that you like it and the audience likes it too. So I try to find a nice milieu for just that, you know? So, and is it a hit? I don't even know, are my songs hits? I like them. I mean, to the point that I like them, like I said, I could put them on repeat and I could listen to them. So once again, maybe somebody else can do that. So that's, that's, that's the key for me. Yo, you dropped a really interesting one that I never thought about before. Um, I don't think I ever really sat there and sat on my own shit before. Like, actually listened to my own shit for a minute before putting it Sometimes out. Sometimes you have to. Like, I always rushed it. Like, deadline this, deadline that, gotta get it out, boom, boom, boom. Nobody ever made up the deadlines but me, right? Like, I made, I'm not signed to a label, okay? Like, who the fuck is telling me this shit's gotta come out on Tuesday this day, you know? Because I made a Facebook post. That was always, I swear, that's what it really was. <laughs> I'm just being honest with the world because sometimes people need to hear it so they can be honest with themselves. But it's because I made a Facebook post and 15 people might have hit the like button. So I committed my life to deadlines and made really poor creative choices. That was 2020. Until the end of 2020 when I got smarter. But um, no, it really was. I mean, 2020 was a weird year, but like... I decided deadlines mattered more than other things, and that was the stupidest thing I ever fucking did with my life. Uh, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta, you know, sometimes you just can't rush the process. You gotta let it flow. Mm. You gotta let it flow. Let it be organic. You're putting a deadline on something that maybe hasn't even come to you yet because you're not even fully inspired yet. Facts. So, yeah. So, you know, you gotta let it flow. But I mean, that's also what happens in the music industry, you know, like say if you're, you are signed under a label, 
your album's supposed to be done, I don't know, by April 10th. Why isn't it done yet? You got you got about five more songs to do. You better do, 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 do. And, you know, for some people, they could work under pressure. They could still make hits under pressure, you know. I mean, I've written a song before in like 20 minutes and recorded the same day. Like I had literally had maybe 20 minutes to write the song so that I'm not late to go record. It has happened because it was on the fly and I got a gift from someone for a free recording session. So it was like, okay, Tamara, you gotta fucking write this shit. You gotta go do what you have to do, boom. And I wrote it, it was like 20 minutes and done. Recorded it same day and it sounds pretty good. Actually, it's gonna be on the new uh, album, Carpenter's Daughter. <laughs> so uh, definitely something you'll hear. Ask me, ask me which song. It's called the uh, Wetty, by the way. Wetty. I was planning on asking you, but I was gonna let you finish before I asked you, because I've learned that sometimes <laughs> people answer the questions first. If I just, shh, I'm not the best there at it, go. but I'm, a, you know, I'm just a giant ass work in progress. I'm fucking cool with that. Um, we all are. No, nah, it is. It's like dope. By the way, you're incredible, Serenity. I know you didn't want to go past two hours, but you just hit two hours because you're fucking incredible and you're mad fucking interesting. I'm not even like, yo, we only got to like, what, 2016 stills? There's still like, I don't know anything yeah. really about after that. What did you do? Have you performed? What are all the big stories of the Serenity eras? 2016 was the takeoff. So 2016, I'm with the collective Urban Science um, I'm at the Cypher almost every week. And sometimes I'm booked almost twice a month, three times a month, booked with them to perform for three-hour sets, freestyling, my guy. You understand? So, and this is me still holding down a full-time wizard. And Hold on, you said doing... you were freestyling straight for three hours? Or... I, when I'm hosting the Cypher, this is freestyling straight for three hours, yes. Sometimes we get a break because we have other jammers who come up on stage and they do their ting, they, you know, and you you have two hosts. So like myself, for example, and uh, Wayne Tennant or Militime or Sinical, for example. And uh, we're holding it down for three hours with the band. So we're a band, really, and we're holding it down for three hours with the band. And we are the hosts of the cypher so we gotta be present you know for those three hours so um yeah yeah sometimes we're freestyling for a good easily two hours if if not full three hours because we're holding it down we're the host we have we have to do what we gotta do and it's a great thing it's a beautiful thing it, it challenges you it asks you um do you have it you know, do you have uh, enough bars for two hours? Do you have enough bars for 45 minutes? Sometimes I remember one song, it was like a trap song. And I, I think I was tired and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me make a trap song on the spot about um, chicken in the back because we sell food at the Cypher. So we had chicken selling in the back. So I made a trap song about chicken selling in the back because the the chef was about to uh, close up shop. So I was like more or less pointing people, go get the chicken in the back. And it was a whole trap song with a hook called chicken in the back. I mean, it, it challenges you. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It challenges you. Yeah, and sometimes, and yeah, man. And that's how, you know, true say also that it's really a freestyle. She's talking about chicken in the back. She didn't write about chicken in the back. 
you know she's not gonna sit down right about no damn chicken in the back so um you know what i mean it's it's all bars it's all freestyle it's all fun it's blessed man i i, I miss it no cap i miss i miss cypher facts so you were doing that basically so, as your main driving force to create all of these songs that you did or like not as not nah, not nah. it was more to get myself um out there it's not as a main driving force to create the songs the songs song creation is a different entity okay matter of fact i like writing more than i like freestyling true story um i like creating at my own pace more than freestyling because once again freestyling you're dealing with time and space and that is a deadline itself right so um for the writing, what's driving me is is just the fact that I want my music heard. I want my type of music out there. I want bars. I want, you know, I want fun melodies like gas pedal. Yeah, I don't know if you've song. ever heard that song. Just trying to, right? I tore so, up all of them before this. Literally, <laughs> right before this. All of them are fresh in my head, but yeah so like gas pedal gas pedal it's just a whole vibe you know you're just chilling kind of thing so driving force really i wanted to hear my music on on um mainstream or like even in somebody's feed or you know and then i got a movie deal um with one of my songs from my ep um yeah, yeah i got a movie deal with from one of my songs off of my ep my first ep my only ep that's big. Was which was huge, which was released in 2016. So, and that's when I launched the uh, EP release with Urban Science. And um, somebody emailed me and said we'd like to use your song for a movie. And I thought they were bullshitting me at first. I'm like, all right, you know, because I just came out, like, you know. But it was interesting because it's like. I just came out with the EP in 2016. This person's asking me for the song in 2018, 2018, 2017. So it's like, um, once again, a time lapse, I guess, you know, everything just works out. And for me, like I say in my life, nothing is for nothing, you know? So, I released that song. I released the EP. They asked me about it. They said, can we use your song in a movie? I said, absolutely. The movie's called Jeune Juliette. Uh, came out in theaters 2018. It was in theaters for about, I don't know, a few weeks uh, to like maybe two months. And um, yeah, yeah, they used, the, they used the lyrics though. They didn't actually use the full song. So they used the lyrics in the movie so it's a part of the script y'all i mean rapper to rapper person that's fucking blessed let's be real like come on that's like that's the words that's what they really hold it yeah. on i mean like yeah. all of it's blessed though all of that is like wow serenity i didn't know any of that that is yeah. really fucking like amazing i don't know that many people yeah. how did how did you how, are you like with the so cans and all properly like lined up like that Definitely with the so can. Uh, as soon as I dropped my twenty my EP in twenty sixteen, I so canned it all up and um, made sure that uh, I had everything in line as far as that goes. Because um, 
during the time that I was just like trying to get myself together, I was also learning about these things and, um, you know, mixing and mingling with the people from the cipher. I got to meet new people who would teach me and tell me these things as well. Shots out to um, Paul Carniello, who who told me, also known from the Skinny Bros, uh, Skinny Bros duo. Um, he's the one who uh, initially put me on. He said, nah, you got to join SoCan. You're releasing an EP, join SoCan and make sure you register your works because um, if ever, you know, it's plays on radio or TV, you know, you, you can get you can get royalties, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So um, I was like, oh, most definitely. Me, when somebody tells me something, I listen because remember, I'm a nerd. All I do is study, right? So if you're telling me something, I will take heed and I will learn and I will do and that's it. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm a nerd too, but I don't always do like that. I had to learn the hard way to do like that. So it may be like (laughs) that you're an exceptionally wise nerd and we can go with that or something. Cause yeah, no, for real, everything about your life is like, like if you look at what you're supposed to do and what everybody recommends you do, Sharpen your sword first. Get yourself ready for it. Um, make sure you're you're in a position to handle the situations. Squat up in the right and appropriate vibe that's good for you. Um, elevate organically, but also handle your shit legally. Like yo, these are things that like yo, I'll be real with you. I didn't really do the so can thing, and then I started doing this interview shit. And I realized, oh, fuck, especially with Meticulous. Meticulous basically slapped the shit out of me on camera like, you fucking moron. And I'm like, fair <laughs> enough. I accept. Um, and then I realized I'm there's a real blocker in my life because of COVID. I don't really feel like it's a necessity, like I have to go do it. And I don't have a printer. And I have to print a piece of paper, literally, <laughs> to get this th- fucking dealt with. I swear. But the second that I've allowed, like, I feel ethically, not like more. It's not like nobody said I can't. I feel like ethically to do my fucking job in this, like, COVID situation, I can stay the fuck home for two months. You know, like, what the fuck? I can deal with the paper later. The second I feel okay with that, I'm going to fucking go deal with that right away. Because the people are like, yo, you got a movie? I'm like, yo, I've had shit out since 2012. What if I had actually, like, you know, I'm not saying this more for the benefit of everybody else, right, who didn't do this. Just imagine, like, you, like, two years later, somebody said, yo, your song's lit. My whole life would have been different just on the ego boost. Like, yo, that had to have changed your life. Like, nobody can take shit away from you for the rest of your life, right? You're, you're, you're good forever. Yeah, so, and honestly, that was a huge, huge stepping stone. And I feel like if you look at the trajectory of my line chart, like, when I started from 2016 it just went up you know it was a sharp incline to the point that um with the movie deal meeting urban science movie deal uh being a part of the end of the week um competition um i didn't win the world finals your boy our boy basics won the world finals for that year but i mean even that alone, 2017, I was the only, and probably, I think, matter of fact, I'm, I am the first female in Quebec to join end of the week in the final competitions. So now there are more women 
going out there, doing the freestyle thing, doing the end of the week. But I am, I am. So when did you first. get involved in the end of the week? Now, end of the week is interesting for me, but I don't think everybody knows what the fuck that is, to be honest with you. So end of the week is a freestyle competition uh, that has its roots. It was created in New York, um, but adopted worldwide, including Quebec. It's a freestyle competition where there's five challenges, five games, if you could say, where you freestyle. The first game, I believe, is acapella. Then the second one is maybe a written, actually. And then the third one is the surprise bag where you freestyle. This is where you really have to see this person is freestyling because you pick out random objects from a bag. And uh, the fourth game is uh, like DJ versus the artist. And then the last one is like a cypher. So it's a five game challenge competition where you're freestyling and it's, it's regional, so in, within Quebec, there's a competition within Montreal uh, specifically as well. And then to the point that they take it worldwide because every city that's affiliated with end of the week, they have their own competitions within their own regions. And then the winner of that competition will go to the world competition. Um, so it's, it's that is a beautiful thing for me too, in the sense that um, it challenges you. Definitely, it is a challenge, and being the only female up there didn't matter to me because, once again, you mentioned something at the beginning of our conversation. Female rapper, you know, you shouldn't have to emphasize on the female, but the fact that I was the first that's different i have to yeah exactly that's history exactly i i'd have to yeah exactly yeah and i yeah. ended the week is a now, big deal it's a huge deal it's a huge deal but now it's been altered to a certain degree so um eh, i mean See, it's been altered to a certain degree but that's neither that here side. nor there I'm involved yeah. with end of the week New York heavy, so I'm just like mm-hmm. with them. I have no idea what the hell is happening with end of the week Quebec, but end yeah. of the week New York's in like an interesting place where they do it on the Zoom now. That like thing they keep the virtual challenge running. Uh, that's I yeah. did that all year a lot actually. That's how I, I really got into end of the week. I really got like a lot of love on some shit back into it um, because of that. But yeah. I, again, I don't know. I- I don't know what meticulous is saying. Speak on that. I don't know what the fuck he means, but I know you work with meticulous. Oh, he. I know. I know what he means. I know what he means. I have, I, look, I have ideas of what you mean, so I don't want to push it because I think I know what nah, you're talking about. Because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want this to be like Gossip Central on some politics shit, right? Like that's not what I'm something. really interested in. Nah, I know. I'm feeling you on that. That's not what I'm really trying to do either. So if you know, sometimes. He says, speak on that, but I don't want to push it. Like you said, you don't want to push it. And sometimes when it's not time to deliver, to push will kill something. Or So guess what? Mm? Maybe sometimes other people can speak on certain things better and it should be done at another time. Facts. Because I don't think I'm qualified if it's what I think we're talking about. Facts. 
Yeah, I think I I know what it is. I know what it is. He knows I know what it is. He's probably laughing at his screen right now. Yeah, that's what he's yeah. doing. It's a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. But like with that, I don't like. It's not. It's not the goal. You being yo end of the week is fucking dope to me. I don't know about end of mm. the week up here because I never went to the event again. It was another thing that. I'll be real with you. That one is I, I knew I couldn't hold it down. I would have been marked. There's no way I'm competing in a freestyle competition in any time before 2021 where I feel like I can finally hold my own, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, now it's just knowing it. I went on to, like, all last year, I, like, went on to that fucking cypher, and I literally started an acapella series just to learn how to write acapella and without a beat, just so I could flow mm-hmm. a little nicer because I saw what that contest was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, if I'm ever going to do this contest, I need to know how to write an acapella. Mm-hmm. Like, right? So I wrote 15 in 15 weeks or whatever, and then life got busy with this interview shit. But, like, for real, like, that shit inspires me so much what end of the week is yeah. at, like, that tournament level, the competition. It's, like, some MC shit, right? Like, it's some real MC shit. That's the best way I could put it. Facts. Facts. It is some real MC shit. And um, and that was huge for me. And they actually approached me because they saw me at the cypher. And they're like, so hold on, this girl's really killing like bars for two hours straight on on Cypher. Was it basics that so they, saw you out of curiosity? No, it wasn't basics. He was there though. He was there. But it was the um the promoters of end of the week. So those guys were there. And that's the beauty of the cypher. You never know who's there. Mm. You know? So there's many people who have approached me um for whatever reason, because they saw me at the cypher, you know, and they asked like, oh, are you really, are you really freestyling? Yeah. I didn't, I call out your t-shirt or something or your mom or something. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but you know, I just, you know, didn't I call out something? They're like, oh yeah, it's true. You're different. So, you know, it was at that place that they saw me um, spit. So they called me, they said, yeah, would you like to be a part of the end of the week competition i said for sure i'm not gonna say no to a opportunity you know and i know i got the gusto i know i got the skills i know i got the vibe for it so guess what i went to do it and then i was in the finals and um and then basics won and he went to uh prague and he did his thing so you know that's, that's what's up if it yeah. counts i think you're yeah. fucking dope still that's what's really important thank you don't get me wrong, basics. If you're watching this, you're dope, but you're not serenity dope to me. You're, you're dope, dope, <laughs> but you're not serenity dope. Listen, that, like, like that. I want it, put it back. I want it. That shit stuck in my head all fucking like ever. I don't have the words <laughs> down yet because I'm live and I'm not thinking. But yo, for real, that track and the caterpillar to a butterfly. Yo, that shit's been yeah, fucking stuck. I'm not even lying. Like you don't understand how much I like these songs. Like these songs aren't like just song. both of them. Those thank two you, tracks, I swear, are like, your other ones are good too, don't get me wrong. But I haven't heard them enough times yet. It's hard to know mm-hmm. sometimes. You don't know something until you heard it a lot of times, which is some big facts you said. But I can tell you that, uh, and maybe it's because, I'll be honest, I'm, I like JS. Uh, his, his lady plays Among Us with us, so my connection's right there. Uh, and just hearing him and you together blend so beautifully over that beat. The fucking just genuine nature of that track is amazing. The content is so inspiring and uplifting. I'm sitting there going, yo, why the fuck wouldn't I want to listen to this? I'm never going to be in a bad mood listening to this song. And then the other one makes me want to shake my booty. 
It is what it is, yo. <laughs> it's just fucking banging. You just jump around to that shit. It's fucking hard. It's like right on that list of like, I want to go dance now songs. Yeah. I'm happy I could do that for you. And if you're shaking your booty, uh, I'm happy that I can do that for you too. That's, that's an awesome thing. Um, but just to bring it back to something you said um, with JS, no regard, God bless him because he he came up to me also he was like oh let's do let's do a track together you know and you said something that's very important for me when i create um you said it was genuine and it was and why was it genuine because he came to me said let's do a track i said sure i said do you have an idea what would you like to do he gave me the beat he said i think i'd like to talk about something concerning evolution you know like like a butterfly you know the growth evolution growth butterfly so with what he gave me as far as those topics um i took it i wrote a hook i wrote my verse and we met up in the studio that's that and you would think that's too simple um, on how to create a song on a collabo, no. but that's the way I like to do it. I like to know that I'm vibing with the individual so that it's authentic. They gave me the topic or sometimes I give them the topic and sometimes they take the hook. Like for my other song, Heat. I have another song called Heat with uh, featuring Diego Delati and uh he he wrote the hook you know what i mean but we had a vibe in the sense that he was like oh i think this is like a dark song and i was like yeah eh? he said yeah so we wrote our verses separately we came back and it was magic and that's one thing i like i like when it's genuine i like when it's authentic um you know it, it gives it a different appeal it gives it a different gives it a different energy and maybe that's why you like it I definitely appreciate the simplicity angle because I had J, uh, JD and KS. When their names are together, it gets confusing. JD and KS came mm -hmm. through back before it was not allowed to come through times. And uh, they literally broke down their songwriting process together. And it was the simplest shit I ever heard. You're like, yo, bro, you're not yeah. going to believe it. We open up WhatsApp and then he hums. And then after we hum, we're like, mm, okay, yeah, that's good. And then we add some words. And then, mm, yeah, when I feel it, I go in the lab and I spit it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, you got to understand, I'm the one take off. I did my first ever recording session without one taking the verse because I was tired of that shit and wasting time. No, some people can do that. I can't. I waste too much time. I just obsess on details. I probably had it on take two. And then there's take 200. Why? Why did I do that? That's me, though. Wasting time. I'm saying it because I know there's other people that do things, right? So I broke this shit up into like chunks and whatever. And it was just smooth. But it was a lot because JS was just like, yo, why are you fucking, why are you trying so hard? And then I talked to Tech Luciano and he's like, why are you trying so hard? And I'm like, wait yeah. a second. And you're just like, have fun with it. And I'm like, huh, why am I trying? Who am I impressing? You know, like, exactly. what am I doing with this shit? But I'm like, wait. I, then I talked to some kids. When I say kids, it's because I'm, I'm in my 30s now. So I feel like 22 is a kid. <clears throat> It is what it is to the young peoples. But the 22-year-olds and the youngers, I went as young as 17. They all do the same thing. They go, yeah, I'm a melody. 
And afterwards, I'm like, what the fuck? Yo, JD is that in touch with this shit? And I'm like, yo, for yeah. real, though, that's like big for me. Now I'm like, maybe I need to rethink some shit because that's all working yeah. for all y'all. And not to say that I want to reinvent my process. I'm still going to write, blah, blah, blah. But like the simplicity in it, like to, to not complicate the situation is I think like where you get to that next level of artistry. Like you get really technical and good, let's say at a point, and who the fuck wants to listen to that? It's not a rapper or like a super enthusiast is what I realized. And then it's like, nah, what I liked about your freestyles, which was super impressive, was the dramatic elements that you dropped in the middle of it. The, you did a couple of voice swaps, but you also did some like ad lib shit on the fly, like literal theatric, like hand motion type shit flowed into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, that's some like real, real like performer shit up and all of that. I don't know. It's just fucking dope. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't like to be boring, so um, when I'm performing, I definitely will put a few little, I don't know, little tinkerbells in there just to, uh, you know, catch someone's attention, and uh, definitely not boring. I, I can't, I can't do the boring stuff. So um, yeah, definitely with freestyling have to stay have to stay exciting um have to stay as much as i can full of bars um but quickly back to what you're saying with js and the simplicity it's is i, I find the importance in that is that you're on the same page with the artist that you're working with that's big too yeah you're on the same page with the artist that you're working with because if if you can catch his vibe and he can catch yours that means you guys are on the same page and it's gonna naturally be a good vibe a good music a good song and make good music um and that's very important to me so um Is yeah 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 I do want to touch on something, uh, but I have to thank Willie Scandals for the bits because on Twitch there's the bits, and when they throw the bits, you yeah, have to thank yeah. That's what it is. Um, big up Willie. Yo, Willie's wonderful. Yo, something yeah, else big up, big up, big up. that I thought about recently that was brought to my attention, and it's a definition of artist that I really like that I think I'm going to steal from now on. But artists are just people with exceptionally good tastes that often can't realize their own visions. I'm like, yo, that's true. Like, if I could do what's in my head with the money that it would probably cost it, and I say that because some of what I want to do would, would require live instrument recording. In fact, most of what I would want to do, that just takes your cost and amplifies it to a level that's beyond what I can afford. It's just the facts of recording instruments. You can't, you can't do what I want to do like without the budget that comes with like the next tier and shit, right? So I can't visualize mm. what I would love to do. Uh, I'm doing what I can with what I have. And that's what I think that a lot of artists are. But what you said that was powerful is if that is true, perhaps, and we sit there with the idea that we are the ones with, I don't want to say superior taste, but like we have good taste at this because we're specialists. We've put more time and effort into studying this shit than say the regular person did. And I say that because, yo, there's no way you listen to a song and you're not breaking shit down and that you might vibe to it, but you're still an artist. You're still like, it's homework. It's just kind of what happens when you, you're involved in it. <laughs> depends depends if it depends not always sometimes i'm just like it's just it's right, just right. playing you know 
um, when do I do that? If if I'm asked to listen to a song. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. If I'm if I'm listening to like, I mean, when do you do that? I mean, I'm a music reviewer, so I fucked up my whole life. I don't know how to not do it anymore. I had to stop for a while, for real. Uh, I had to stop because I stopped liking music in 2020 in a way that was weird. I didn't enjoy listening to anything. It was just so like, yo, you don't understand. The data set's ridiculous. I'm at like 500 albums or so that I've critically looked at in four years. Interesting. And that doesn't include all the songs for friends. That doesn't even include what I did musically. It's just a shit ton of music. When I hear what you do, I'm not fucking just randomly saying that shit's top five for me. It's like, nah, Serenity has the chance to actually fucking pop. Like, go viral. Like, it's not bullshit. These songs are fucking replayable earworms, but they also say some shit. Like, on the real, I could learn from you, and so could a lot of people, about how to make some bops. You understand mm -hmm. the dancing element. You understand the fuck like you said all this shit so i'm just repeating back to you what you said but it's shit that i noticed in you because i listen to like you notice my voice changed because it's like a different fucking side of my brain and shit but like nah like people don't know like what happens when you do that so much so fast and then like we sold album reviews on patreon and shit and then all of a sudden i wasn't even controlling what i'm listening to i don't know what i fucking like anymore it's almost mm -hmm. like my palate is so fucking saturated with spices that everything tasted like ass for a minute. And then like, the problem is, is you're just constantly dealing with fandoms and yo, now you have to like everything because you're on camera and truth is you're trying to make a little bit of bank because you've been putting in time, money and effort for years. So now you have to like everything because you, it's not a choice. This is the economy of reviews. If you want to be a successful music reviewer, not a good music reviewer, a successful music reviewer where the time is worth the ROI or whatever. You get an ROI. You have to love shit because the only people clicking on your shit past the new whatever windows of trending is super fans. So you're only ever talking to super fans, people who have listened to that shit more than you. So now you have to mm -hmm. fake love everything or at least find things to like in it. So I did that for like two years. So now I don't even yeah, know how to dislike music. Well, that's that's interesting because the fake love might have really killed something in you, though. Because now you've become way too analytical than actually creative. Just, in I the just sense wanna... that... I got a comment mm -hmm. from Ismail, my, my patron, who's listening to this. So he's one of those patrons. He says, the mm -hmm. needle drop is popular. A lot of people hate him when he doesn't give a good review. He disagrees with the idea. I'm like, that guy's got clout. I don't have clout. I have 2,400 subscribers in a world where you need 100K to count. So nobody fucks with me and the algorithm's never going to love me unless I can get 1,000 fucking likes on my video without a fuck. You're like, I did an Eminem review thing and I got a 50% like ratio. Like, that's not good. People act like you want dislikes. No, the algorithm fucking buries you if you have dislikes mm -hmm. and then you're showing up with haters and shit. And it's like, yo, you don't want the kind of content love that comes with dislikes. You don't want that comment section. You know, like, you don't want to wake up every day to some motherfucker getting mad at you from some shit you said three years ago. This shit affected me heavy. It's the past though. I fell in love with Montreal. I'm back. I'm out of my game of love again. But it, it took, like, I had to stop doing it and had to, like, take time off and, like, remember. And you, I, it's been, like, a recent process that I, 
I listened to a lot of Black Eyed Peas again and shit. I went back to like 2011. I was like, fuck it. Let's go back to the fun shit that I still want to listen to. Scream and shout and all sorts of random jams. But like, yo, in the last few months, plus Montreal Hip Hop, I made this playlist. And this is not about promotion. I just made a playlist because I wanted to listen to more Montreal shit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yo, we're dope. I'm gonna fuck what anybody says. This is the dopest shit I've ever listened to. I'm just loving it. Honestly, I'm listening to all these sounds and I think the benefit is I stopped hating what I didn't understand. So it was like this weird process, but now it's like when I'm listening to Prechankobia do his soka, it's not like I'm like soka. It's more like, yo, what is this? Why is this mm-hmm. guy making songs in such a fun, trollish way? What is this energy? Yeah. No wonder these guys have girls showing up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I'm like watching these things. So like, listen, the process was grueling. It really was. But the end result is wonderful. I wouldn't be here talking yeah. to you with such an open mind about your music if I hadn't done this shit, right? Like, don't get That's me wrong. True. So when I talk That's about true. this shit and how hard it was, it's always from a place, trust, if I'm going through shit, we ain't talking about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We only okay, ever talking gotcha. about what I can give you a lesson or you know like it's got to tie into something or it's fucking useless. You gotcha. know. So gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. but it was related to it because for me, I don't have that natural relationship. So maybe I do just assume people that are artists naturally are critical of things, and maybe that's incorrect on my end. And I have these biases that come from my life and my experience that every now and again I have to acknowledge that might not be universal. Um, for. Well, well, just to reinforce what you said, being critical about things, if it doesn't concern me, no. Mm, that's nifty. What, what is what what is it of my business? Like you make your music, make yourself happy. However you like to make your music, do your thing. Now, if it doesn't mesh with the Serenity brand, that's where I might be a little more critical and give constructive criticism if it starts to mesh or try to if we're doing a collaboration or you're trying to mesh with the serenity brand because there's a standard um that i'm trying to set um for serenity and um so that's why i would then become critical maybe but so i guess another angle to this is on the fly is the studying music differently like you're a songwriter you know songwriting shit like breath pockets so you'd appreciate that in a way that a regular person and i don't mean to say i mean like somebody that doesn't write songs that doesn't know anything about that they're not hearing that shit the way that you would hear shit Mm -hmm. like maybe you're just and i'm saying this sincerely maybe you're just mad good at like filtering your brain in ways that i am personally not mad good at filtering right i'm not trying to like say that i know all the like whatever's but like to me it's astounding that you can just do that like you can just go yeah and i'm a fan again now i'm gonna go do this and just like a switch like that's so nifty yeah well i mean when i'm listening to other artists for example like from I also created a, pl- a playlist on uh, Spotify, which include uh, Montreal artists. And for the most part, um, why did I include certain artists? Uh, predominantly because the music was 
catchy, but good. And that's something I always like to hear. I like to hear positive music and through my own personal, you know, works, you'll hear that as well. I like to hear positive music. I like to hear something that's catchy, something that makes you want to shake your booty, like Holden. Um, you know what I mean? Something that makes you want to turn up, but we're turning up not to guns and drugs. We're turning up to, for example, our blessings mm. or something else. You know what I mean? So positive music is something I've always wanted to create. Um, that's huge. And when I listen, yeah. And when I listen to other people, I like to hear that from them as well. If I don't hear that from them, at least give me another element that I like to hear, which is the dancing, the vibe, the energy, um, you know, make me want to move as well. Um, and if I don't hear that, give me bars. <laughs> nah, I mean, it's fair. You know? But I think it's really like key for a lot of people to hear what you're saying. So, cause, yo, we did get kind of tangential, but I think it just added extra element to the bigger point I wanted to make. Cause back to that tastemaker shit. So if we as artists have the great taste, out of that, all that shit. And then you think about what you do with your creative process where you sit there and you listen to your shit on loop and determine if the tastemaker that is Serenity can fuck with this tune. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Whereas I think I come from a culture of sitting there and criticizing everything and everything with my peeps. So that's all I ever really did. I don't even think I ever trusted myself until like really that's, recently. And I say recently as in like months, not even years. Okay. That's where it starts though. Trusting yourself and trusting what you're doing. Like when Serenity's creating, um, honestly, when I'm creating, it's just give me a beat and give me, give me a few minutes. <laughs> And I can do what I have to do with it, you know? And I feel confident enough to let that shit go into the studio because like I said, first, I like it. I'm, I'm happy with what I'm saying. So if I have to perform it, I don't feel no type of way about it. I feel confident about it. I like what I'm saying. I'm not saying something that I'm not sure about or, you know, that's not me. It's all me. So that's why it's easy because it's all me. I'm not putting on a, a, like a, a gimmick or, you know, I'm not doing any of that. So that's why that's the first step. It's easy. Once you know self, self is, is easy to express. I think so, there's one other element, though, that would differentiate mm -hmm. us further. Just one more thing. Mm -hmm. My last album, people don't know why I don't like it, but I figured it out like two days ago. I was being self-indulgent okay. to my mopiest shit. Self-indulgent to who? To my mopiest side. To like my most uh -huh. negative, petty shit. I just like made the... Okay. In my opinion, it, you can think what you want hearing it. I know it was some a lot... Of, there were two or three songs that were not that, but most of that album was just petty shit. And then I thought about it, and I don't even feel like that way no more. Who wants to listen to that Ooh. was what I said. To some of these tracks, I literally hear myself just whining. Other people can feel what they want. Maybe they want to listen to that. But I realized... I don't even really want to listen to that on loop or whatever. I don't know if I want to attract that kind of energy in my life. I don't know if that's who I want to be type thing. But you're, you're uplifting shit, the blessings. like that. That's a whole different wave that attracts a whole different type of energy, sphere, and being and shit. And that's fucking cool. But hold on, Holden. What you're saying right there is very important because music 
is timeless. And in space and time, we will change. Mm. And not only in space and time will we change, but people will be receptive to certain music at certain times, depending what they themselves are going through. So you might not be feeling that way now from what you created in the past, but in the past, you were feeling that way. That's true. Hence, I like what you're saying. Why, hence the reason why you created it, <clears throat> right? So if somebody's relating to that, you have to then relate to them where they're at with how they're relating to you. That sounded weird. No, I got. I followed you. I followed you. <laughs> no, that's big. That's fair. Because I overthink everything, right? Like sometimes it just takes somebody smarter than you to be like, nah, what you're saying is kind of interesting, but here's a smarter thing. And then I'm like, hmm, no, Serenity's got a better point than anything I said there. That's fucking dope. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, this is this is the exchange. This is the conversation. This it. is why you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, and it's true because music is timeless. So what you created at that point in time when you were feeling that way is now relating to somebody else who might be feeling that way or understanding or being more empathetic to how you felt mm. at that point in time. And that's the beauty of music. It's, it's, it is a time capsule. Like we put in VHS from, I don't know, 1992 and it's like, Oh, but this is still going on today. You know, you're right. Eh? But that's big. Has big. anything really changed? That's big, big. Oh, right? fuck, eh? um, okay. Yeah. I accept all of what you 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 you'd make a great motivational speaker. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you should like go to like schools and talk to young people and like. I plan to do it. Cause you cry. I plan to do it. You're fucking good at this it. shit. <clears throat> I plan to do it. I plan to do it. Um, and and that's just it. So I mean, that's why I don't think anybody should really feel bad. Like like you said, actually, at the beginning, the funny looking song that I made. You know, you told me, don't feel bad about it. At mm. least you sent it out and you got, you know, a reply. Same thing. Same thing for you. You sent out your music. You put out your music. You're on some petty shit. Who cares? That was you at the time. And you've evolved. You're a butterfly. <laughs> Oof. That's power. No, that's really big. Um, when is your album coming? My album's coming in spring or early summer. I haven't put a date to it because, like, Holden, I can't do the deadline exactly, exactly, because um, I'm trying to build up on it and make new videos. I might be putting out a video for uh, Blessings soon enough, um, but definitely spring, spring, early summer. All right. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten tracks, uh, like I said, I think, personally, I love all ten tracks, but... Um, <laughs> you can you can review it and let me know how you feel. But personally, I love all ten tracks. That's hilarious. You can review it, or whoever else can review it once it comes out, and let me know I'll how they. I'll definitely listen to it. Um, reviews are a huge time ever. We'll see about like that. But as like a person listening and letting you know what I think, big facts, yeah. Because how could I not? You're gonna drop that project. It's gonna be mad exciting on that day. And I'm waiting for it. I actually was thinking, like, you know what? I would really like a Serenity album. That would be fucking fire. And I say that because, yo, like, look, you put out stuff and it's got a vibe to it. And there's certain, like, yo, another one that has a vibe I fuck with is Bamboo Twigs. 
And as I look around, I'm starting to find these different people with different sounds that have these different vibes that I fuck with. And it's like really, really cool. It's all mm-hmm. here. And that's what my favorite part about Serenity is. Is where's Serenity from? Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> like that's Montreal. So fucking cool. Do you like yeah. do you like do a lot of social mediaing? Are you like into the social medias? Oh man, I'm not really a social media er influencer, IG er. I'm trying to be better at it in the sense like I'm trying to post videos, engage with the audience, because that's what it's about, you know? Sometimes your music can only take you so far. They love the character, like you said, in the WWE or whatever, UFC, whatever they make a character. They love the character. So it's like, who is Serenity? You know, yeah, she makes music, but at the same time, we want to know what does she do? Like, is she a character? Is she cool? Is she this? Is she that? Um, and you know, sometimes I'm a little too elusive, so they don't really know who is this, who this person is. So I'm trying to be better at the IG thing and posting and being a social media er. Trying. Yeah. Trying. My theory is the entire future of music is influencers. Yeah, I see it. And it's like, I see it. But it's also because it was always that, and we just called it different things in the past. Like thought leader is just an influencer. Like, mm-hmm. like there's just like it's just a different word for things that already existed, in my opinion. Once I understood what's happening here, but sure, like a lot of things is mad changing with technologies and COVIDs. Like, you know what I got an email for? <clears throat> uh, uh, all the live events celebrities are throwing this month to watch for the lives. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. Like wow. the live. Wow. Yo, you gotta understand. Like people don't get that this is irreparably changing shit. I have to yeah. say this because otherwise it's going to show up in my comments because Willie's there and a few of them are there. Live shows are never going away. I know that, everybody on the whole fucking world. I do know that. Yeah. Dingy yeah. bar live shows is a whole other conversation. Well, I mean, actually, um, we might be the urban science team. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't speak on it, but the urban science team will be throwing a live stream live concert. Yo, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sometime in uh, April or March. Excuse me, it might be March. It might be March. So look out for that. And what you just said, dingy bar concert, live concert, that's exactly what it is. We're going to be in a bar. I don't know if it's a dingy, but I, they, uh, I definitely. Never saw, no, I've never seen them book. They, they were at like a legit place. Like, I, yeah. <clears throat> there's two tiers to this shit. There's like legit venue bar. Oh my gosh, my Get some water, yeah, yeah. Get some water, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this shit happens, yeah, okay? Yeah. Like I'm live like seven days a week. Sometimes it's it's dope. I love my life right now. Don't get me wrong. It's not For sure, I hear you. Sometimes you're like, oh fuck, there's my voice. Um, <laughs> but yo, the cipher was always booked at some place I didn't consider dingy. It was like a mm-hmm. proper venue bar, like with like a stage and shit, like a proper proper one. And then you got places that are just not cool. And I performed at many of these places. I mean, literally, they converted some shit that was not meant to be a bar into a place that had, like, a stage or whatever, right? Like, and these are often places I think people could afford to book, so they did. And that shit was not appealing to a lot of people. But also, the Cypher is brand power. Let's be real. They're one of, like, the only institutions that can legitimately state we came week over week and didn't fuck up. So I don't think... They're uh, a, a people that can be compared against for other things. I don't think many, I don't think 
how many people can replicate a Le Cipher community can do it? A few other things well, can I'm, do it? I mean, I think Le Cipher Urban Science is a branch off of Calmunity. Uh, you'll see a lot of the same people from Calmunity at Le Cipher. You know what I mean? So with the Urban Science crew. So but it, it's definitely a branch from a tree but that, it, that roots in the But let's say I go throw culture. some shit in a dingy bar. I do not have the brand power to pull that off. Mm. That's what I'm trying to, and a lot of us are that. I don't mean it to be disrespectful, but the brand power no. to fill a bar post COVID on some expensive drink tip and all the other things to a brokey, like yo, there's too many festivals popping, real expensive celebrity shit popping, private chalet parties that we don't really hear about because we might not be in that scene no more, lit and popping. Bars have expensive drink tags, and I'm like, yo, I don't, yeah. I don't know that that's gonna be like in the favor of people's partying habits. We go house party Ooh. like it's forever the second week. For, for for real, house parties I actually see being a grind. I see like Instagram house party performances being more lucrative to most of us than actually going to the bar in the future. Lucrative. I I can see that too, definitely. Um... Plus, it's more intimate, mm. so that that gives it a whole different feel. But definitely more lucrative. Plus, you're not you're not actually paying for the bar sales, or you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. What do you think yeah. about virtual reality? I think virtual reality is cool to a certain degree. I just think. Um, we're definitely in that uh, time and space. Um, we're not 100% there yet, but we're getting there. Um, and it reminds me of a movie I seen many moons ago uh, called Surrogates. Have you ever seen that movie? Surrogates where um, they send out their Android bodies to live their lives. That and sounds Android... cool. Yeah, it's pretty dope. And your Android body could be whoever and whatever you want it to be. So, for example, I, Serenity, want to send out a male Android body because I feel maybe he'd be more respected or well-received in the hip-hop community. I can send out a nice, big, strong, handsome Android body to live my life, but I'm living it virtually through him. Um, pretty dope movie. But with that, there comes consequences as well. So I'm all for virtual reality to a certain degree, because after a certain point, you start to just live in that realm. And that's not really living. I like what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I like virtual reality a lot. I can't lie. I'm looking at it often more from a capitalistic point of view, and I don't often think of the societal consequences, but it's because loneliness is a billion-dollar industry that I actually see the lucrative side of it. It's honestly the flip side of what you're saying that motivates me, which is probably not great for my ethics, but is still something I need to consider. Because you're right, the social side is huge, but like, I don't know if people know what Second Life is, but that shit was a billion-dollar fucking situation where people created virtual worlds and hung out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Now, I think in like urban centers like us, it's easy to hang out. But if you up in Iowa, it's a different ex existence. 
and there is benefit to this for some people there are niche markets where like it would help a lot of people but like yeah. capitalistically you imagine merch is just as simple as getting a designer to throw a logo on some fucking skin and you get a two dollar yeah. microtransaction <laughs> like holy shit <laughs> That's the no, definitely, definitely. There's, there's obviously, there's pros and cons to everything in life and every type of evolution. Always pros and cons, but at the end of the day, you have to look at what you're, you're looking at. Mm. For example, you're looking more at the capitalistic aspect of it. I'm looking at it more on the social realm and the mental health realm. That's a big of one. The, uh, of the individuals because um shit eh it yeah it's it's a real thing and people will start to go crazy because they're not they're not actually living their lives not only will they go crazy they will get sick because why do you don't have to do anything when your android body is doing everything for you what do you really have to do you just have to program them speak to them let them and direct them like a sim you ever play sims of course of course. Okay. So when I say you're it like that, Sims... but like, I mean, that's because I remember when The Sims was The Sims. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, like, uh, you tell your Sim to go wash the dishes. Sim don't want to wash the dishes. Whatever. Leave the Sim alone. Let the dishes pile up. Hire the mate or whatever the thing that they do, right? It's like you're letting your Android body live for you. And there's an aspect that will literally destroy your social and um and your your mental health because when your android body's living for you how do you actually have sex do you have sex you know that's that's like that black mirror episode where they put the like chip in their head and then they're playing i don't know if you saw that one but that's <laughs> no i didn't see that one no, be, i watched that show though. no but they explore exactly that and then these two dudes end up in this uh fighting game and they intercourse but the shit's all virtual and real and uh yeah it was like it was, it was one of those mean, bigger ones but it's like at that point is that like is that doing it or is that like virtual doing it like are these the same things like i don't i don't even know how to answer those so, questions <laughs> but i mean it's it's virtual it's like it's like watching porn it's like watching it, porn eh? yes it's literally like watching porn you're not actually having sex in your mind in your mind you're having sex you think you're so good no you're not you're not you're not as good as you think you're watching porn mm. so it's uh it, it it'll fuck with you eventually but i mean if you're looking at it from the money money perspective for sure but is money everything no but i also look at it at accessibility it's not just money like money is one angle which is really interesting it's why i think you you always have to follow the money to figure out what's going to come next so like the money is important That's for me so i'm i'm not actually as capitalistic as my excitement about capitalism is if i was you would see a very different business model on my show trust me i know how to make more money than i do with this shit. i just mm-hmm. don't want to be certain types of that person there are ways to do it i like and there are ways i don't think are right um so i actually do care a lot the mental health thing i didn't really think that much on i'll be honest with you i wasn't caring that much but i was thinking about it from like the whole opposite angle like somebody like my mom doesn't do a lot you know like she doesn't want to go anywhere anymore she's kind of like getting older and shit so now she can go have that android and like not have the most miserable shits i'm not saying she's miserable but like 
I don't know that I'd want my 50s to look like that kind of thing. So I look at these types of environments or like, you know, imagine you are in like an extreme poverty situation. So I understand the risk and danger of that particular moment, but imagine it can offer like respite or something. I'm not saying like, cause it's drugs. We're talking about this shit is drugs and drugs is, is good and bad. So it depends on, on like your moderations and all that other shit. I, I do think there's benefits to a lot of people like, yo, the whole other side of it is I know like artists and there's one in particular I can think of who literally flat out said he would never perform ever. He's just going to be on the internet forever. He just doesn't want to ever do it, but he still wants to make music and participate. You give this person a VR environment and they never have to like go through the other side of it. So like there are on that even mental health tip, I think benefits and advantages to like, yo, if you're never going to go out anyway. At least now you can have friends type thing. And it is more engaging than fucking messenger. It's <laughs> I, I, so I went to like a party at a virtual club and it was like, you know what? I'm literally dancing. You can argue that like it looks stupid, but yo, I have this boxing game and I just punched to the beat and shit. It got me able to dance on rhythm. So like yeah. there's a lot of, Yo, for people who want to lose weight, yo, there's mm -hmm. almost nothing smarter than VR right now. Yo, there's a lot of dangers, but if you're in your apartment slash home <laughs> and you can't go nowhere, um, you get this boxing shit and it plays it and you have to basically shadow box and you can go for like 45 minutes and it's fucking fun. I mean, it's fun. I do it. I, I don't do it as much now. I have to re-get back. You know, you go through phases, you exercise good for a year and then you're off for a few months and then you get back into it for a year. Um, <laughs> But when I'm doing it proper, it's like, yo, I feel my muscles improving. And it's also like, picture Skyrim. I don't know if you ever played Skyrim. It's a giant mythical fantasy game where like swords and magic and shit. Picture that in virtual reality. Like the literal, you have to fight with a sword now. You gotta, mm -hmm. yo, you can't be doing that shit with no upper body strength. So like, I swear, and this is kind of maybe not what people are expecting. Virtual reality is a huge part of why I decided I needed to get into better shape so that I could play video games in the future. <laughs> that works. Motivation. Not, Motivation. But all Motivation. that you're saying about the moderation and the risks are fucking real. And like, I also think yeah. it's risky because, yo, another thing is full of kids. That's what freaked me out a little bit is there was no adults in virtual reality line. It was like kids. So I'm like, I don't think it's the right time to start some explicit rap shit over here. <laughs> no. Also, um, for me, uh, like I said, I have no problems with virtual reality. I just think that it, it'll be detrimental at some point in time for the mental health. Because what you're describing as far as VR and working out and all of that jazz, it's great. It's a beautiful thing. It's motivating you. But I mean, we also had that, it's not like we haven't seen this before. We also had that with the Wii, mm. Wii games. It's not virtual reality, mind you. It's actually, you can do it as a group socially. Um, I remember we used to play drunken Wii. We used to get drunk and play Wii and it's a social event and we're having fun and it's not vr there are human beings around us we're laughing we're talking we're drinking we're eating uh sometimes we're almost knocking each other out because we forget how much space we don't or do have but i don't think that vr is 
the only outlet. I think that we have something that has already been here for us to get motivated to move. Why one would choose VR versus the Wii or whatever other Xbox Kinect or whatever the hell they have now um, is up to them. They have their own reasoning. But I mean, you can also do that. Play Wii, Xbox Connect with family, with friends, and enjoy it just To be thing. fair, I never had Wii Fit, and I never had that shit. So I don't have those memories to fall back on. But in principle, it's honestly the video gamification exercise is something I'm all about. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Look, like I'm... Virtual reality is what I got it through. And it was like, mm -hmm. yo, it's that dope. And I'm not going to lie. It's the that dope part that made me start. Because you, you don't understand how lazy I was. I needed something that was that dope to make me feel like I'm going to fucking move like that that many times yeah. in a row to get, yo, I was like 280 pounds. We're talking like it wasn't exactly okay. like, you know, I'm saying there's a certain okay, level okay. where you're not already doing this your whole life. It's not a habit. And you really, mm -hmm. yo, maybe we fit isn't dope enough. It doesn't look good enough. It looks like exercise. Virtual reality, <laughs> you, you start playing the boxing game and you're all of a sudden exercising and having fun by accident. And you say, you, like, yo, I'm saying at extreme levels though, there are times where like your habits are just trash and you really do need some like good shit. And I, and I hear what you're saying because, yo, I don't really do it. I ended up going to running after. I started running, mm -hmm. which okay. is really not a social activity, but I mean, I don't know how to fuck people running groups. I see them do it. I'm like, how the fuck are you doing this? Now, I put on some podcast shit and I fucking go. Um, but like, I move, I elevated it. And, like, I, I hate the gym, though. I was never going to go to a gym. And, and I don't really want to sweat and be all fucking disgusting around people. So maybe that's just also my, like, not desire to exercise with people, too. That's kicking in and where again. But that's it. Everybody's different, right? Like. I do not think any of my ideas are like universal. I know I say a lot of like absolutionist styled shit, but like, yo, I do not believe any of my shit works for people that are not necessarily named me. No, I mean, and you said it there, key, everyone's different. I mean, what floats your boat may not float mine and what floats <sighs> mine may not float yours. So. I mean, everyone's different and in our differences, we still unite, we still come together. There's no problem with that. Um, for example, um, I was hosting a Mother's Day party, maybe, I don't know, some years back, uh, hosting a Mother's Day party. Uh, my godmother was there, my aunt was there, my mother was there, another aunt was there. And I was like, uh, you ladies wanna go bowling? And they were like, bowling? no we'll just stay right here we don't want to go out nowhere we don't want you know so guess what i put on the wee bowling and these are women in like their 50s you know what i mean 60s and now all of a sudden they're so into this bowling thing now you know to the point that when her husband calls she's like yeah i'm bowling and he's like where did you guys go bowling we didn't go bowling we just went wee bowling so i mean i think VR is a good thing. I think the we invented something also great for um, especially elderly people. Uh, and just to go back who... to the Wii, the Switch yeah. has a version of it. I don't have it, but they made an exercise thing as an example. Mm -hmm. And they have shit like, like the bowling. So all that yeah. stuff that was on the Wii that you're hyping up is now available on the Switch again in different nice. ways. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like just to, you know, like just to promote activity, as you mentioned, you know, if it's for if it's VR for you, then so be it. You know what I mean? Box away, do your thing. As long as it's promoting you to be active, you know, I don't see an issue with it. Just like the Wii's working for the old ladies who want to bowl, Big go facts. for it. But I love your idea of moderation and caring about that shit. Because, yo, it's important oh, that, sure. like, when... Like, it's important that people think about that shit. You know, that's what's really cool. Like, I love how your mind works. It's just so different than mine. <laughs> like, you on some... All these different tips that are fucking interesting. But your points are so fucking smart. Like... I definitely think VR is coming, but we have to manage it in ways that are like really like intelligent to take into account things like addiction. I think addiction is the big fear of VR. And I hear what you're saying about lifestyles. Like I might also forget sometimes when I fantasize about my futures that I have discipline that I have developed over years and maybe not the whole world has also put effort into discipline. So um, I definitely... Uh, I hear what you're saying in ways that you might not think I hear what you're saying for real. Yeah. Cause it's so big. They might just be stuck. They'll, they'll be stuck on this VR to the point that they're not letting it go. They might not even eat because they forget that they're supposed to eat because they're on this VR, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case may be. But, um, yeah, mental health matters and, uh, not only mental health, but as human beings, we, I don't know about anybody else, but I can say as a human being, I uh, desire um, not so much intimacy because it's intimacy, yes, with my significant other, sure. But I mean, connections. Yep. You know, I, 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 I might have argued with you until I had to spend almost a year alone in my apartment with my girlfriend and honestly i want to connect with anything <laughs> i don't mean it like that but like at this like social level like yo i've been in ndg almost exclusively since like fucking like september i haven't left it like you know you start so honestly this human connection thing is mad important to me which is why i've evolved my theories to start including things like parties and shit because yo nah i actually want to do that now I want to go fucking mm -hmm. spit bars at house parties. That sounds blessed. I don't want to do it in bars, but yo, there maybe is something to this human community element that honestly, if you watch my earlier shit, you'll see my attitude has evolved heavy on some of these points. Yeah, okay. Every time I talk to somebody that gives me something interesting to work with on the subject, you know, it has to evolve the theory or else it's a bad theory, right? That's how science works. This shit's science in a, mm -hmm. in a sense to me. Like we're, we're trying to figure out how to like build the future. Because that's yeah, kind of yeah. what it is. And there's going to be an ecosystem here. And I don't know who else is building it. I don't know who else wants to. But I'm like, yo, let's build it. To build it right, you got to learn. I can't just yeah. build shit. You know, like you got to understand what's happening in the world. <clears throat> so it's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. Cool. So uh, Bonnie wants to know, after calling you smart and stuff, uh, what are your favorite books? So this is the thing. I'm not a big reader. And to say, okay, I shouldn't say that. I read, I read, but I don't read novels. I'll read like an article or I'll read 
um, something that's factual or like, uh, like uh, I'll read something from the encyclopedia that I'm curious about or uh, like a medical book or something like that. But I don't actually read novels. I cannot say I have a favorite book at all. That's super nifty. I don't it's know. weird, eh? It's, it's weird. And a lot of people, I remember somebody, a stranger, actually, he came up to me in the mall and he said, do you like to read? Because we were we, actually, we were talking. And after the con conversation, he was like, what books do you read? And I said, I don't read books, like per se, I don't read novels. I don't, you know, I, I'll read an article. I'll read something that interests me. I'll read. Um, so Lani like follows up book. with. I had assumed because you said you were a nerd that you read. No, I'm I just, not, not novels. Not I novels. just assumed because you were fucking smart, but I assume you like to learn then. I like to learn. I like to learn and I'll read something that interests me to learn, but to say, I'm going to sit down and read a story, uh, a novel, not necessarily. I feel you. I'm not. So, I fucked up my reading quest by choosing to read a fantasy series. It actually, <laughs> I have to finish it because I'm on book eight of eight. So like, yeah. you can't like not finish it. But I was mostly fucking with nonfiction. And uh, so basically like, so my theory was these motherfuckers read like 300 articles. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just read what that dude wrote. It's actually faster than reading all those articles. Cause yo, Everything I try to read has like references and shit, or at least is like if I'm gonna read a novel, it's gonna be something like describing what it's like to be somebody in the 30s in the South. So it might be fictionalized, but it's not like you know, it's educational, it's still in that realm yes. of context. Because you know, there are certain yes. novels are good for perspective if it's a group that you are not part of. Mm -hmm. because they teach you mm -hmm. a lot about views like that that are just not mine that i'll never mm -hmm. ever experience and shit and you know i read some books where i read about views where i'm like holy shit did i not know that it's like that we're talking like the 30s and 40s like that's that's not that long ago like people are alive from the stories i'm reading that are like yeah. that bad like just that bad i mean we're talking about the racisms and stuff like it's that like yeah. you know, it was vivid shit that people describe and yeah. all these there's probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them mm -hmm. so like mm -hmm. i find that like helpful for me at least but i can see how yeah. like random novels like mysteries and shit i'm like i can't do that stuff <clears throat> I admire people who read though. I actually like people who read. I actually tried to read a few um, books, but I always, I always stop in the middle and, or the middle or the beginning. I don't know if I lose interest or I just, I don't know what happens. Yeah, a lot of books are like, trash. No, no, no. No, I'm talking no. structurally. I'm saying I've read enough books. I read 110 books in three years. I can tell you a lot of books, especially on a knowledge front, are structurally trash. They are superfluous on purpose, and you mm. really did get the point. And you really probably did stop reading because it was boring. But I read yeah. them because I'm a writer of that kind of writing. Like, I also mm -hmm. do more than rap in that regard. Like, uh, so it's important for me to read other kinds of shit. Like, how do... 
how am I ever going to write that self-help book if I don't read the bad ones too? Like, why are they fluffing it up? What are they doing? So I actually have to read the whole fucking thing. But it's not, it's not because I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I promise mm-hmm, you that much. Mm-hmm. So now you're just disciplined. You're just disciplined to read it. You're you're motivated and determined to finish it. Yeah, it's a flex. Yeah. I'm not even gonna yeah. lie. Uh, yeah. But what I just want to comment and was reinforced by the comment section over there on Twitch is that uh, even if you don't read books, you're still a reader. That's facts. Um, yeah. And learning, regardless of how you learn, is still facts and dopeness. So. Yeah. 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 So that's it. Like I'll I'll read like maybe um, like articles about, uh, for example, like a Black History article or like something about history itself. Um, also about other cultures or within my own like African heritage. Um, I'll read certain things like that. But um, no, I've I've never really completed a novel except for when I was in school. When I was in school, I was absolutely a nerd. I was dedicated to getting good grades and being on the damn honor roll. That's the nerd. That's the nerd. After that, forget about it. The nerd was like, leave me alone. I don't have to read your book if I don't want to. So I'm not going to. Um, But there... I've been recently, I've been um, very interested to read a 50 cents book. Which one? I'm any, any, any and every, because I'm, I'm very curious about this man. Good choice. And I'm, yeah, I'm very, very, very curious about this man. And, um, there's there's something about him that I feel I need to learn. Yo, that's big interesting to me because yeah. I read a bunch of books and it's actually he, he showed up on the journey of my book quest. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of the 48 Laws of Power. I heard of that. That shit's, uh, I like it. I recommend anybody, even if you don't want to read it, audiobook that shit. It's, it's really fascinating. Um, but... The guy who wrote that realized he left a, a crucial law and wrote a book called The 50th Law. Dope. Uh, it's not the one I okay, – there's another 50-cent book that's whatever, but I read The 50th Law, and it was this outsider guy, who Robert Greene. He followed 50 Cent around and watched him do a bunch of shit in the middle of mm-hmm. the Kanye West and 50 Cent beef back when they were doing the 2007 like build-up to their – and yo he describes the element i think you see in him which is fucking cool Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i don't know exactly what it is i mean he's successful um but it's not just that it's not it's not the success alone the success is is a is, is a dessert but it's something more perhaps his drive um i mean definitely something more i i don't know i could tell uh, you what the book thinks but or you could discover it on your own i mean you could tell me i could discover it eventually but it's he's fearless his zero fear he gives zero fucks what you think he actually is so fearless he creates the hate it's all manufactured everything about 50 cent is manufactured to drive everything he embraces the fact that people hate him and he's fearless about it. 
he has this mm-hmm. like he laughs at yo look at him he comes on a drink champs he's just laughing he's just loving <laughs> his life you always yeah. see him in the middle of everything he and he's just fearless about it he got shot nine times and he became yeah, fearless yeah. yeah that's i think the most attractive thing of 50 cent when you really look at him and you look at his career I believe that. and his career is magical because he took the trap with the crack selling mm-hmm. and he took the same logic to music and then he took the same logic to fucking business and he took over yeah. everything like jay-z he did a lot of things mm-hmm. jay-z did just not to the same scale Oh, and another thing, well, when you mentioned the drink champs, um, the fact that he he also doesn't conform. Mm. I don't think he drank, eh? He just, I think he smoked. I think he, I think he. I don't even think he smoked. I think he took a puff. I remember them making a big deal about him taking like a little puff or something in the middle at one point. Cause I and remember, he probably didn't even inhale. That's probably but, fair, but he did it for the but, show. He did it for the show. But the thing is, I don't find that he conforms. I think that that part is something that I admire about him. I like the fact that. that he doesn't conform. And it, it probably, it ties into what you're saying about being fearless. Like, I don't give a fuck if you don't like the fact that I'm not doing it this way. I'm doing it the way I want to do it. You know, he doesn't conform. And I appreciate that about him because so far his steps have been grand. So... You know, what is he really conforming to when he does conform? So he's very much true to himself in that sense. And so far, that's what I can appreciate. I mean, I have to go like one step further with him. Who the fuck stays Mm. relevant without doing much? I mean, yes, he did power, but relatively speaking, he didn't do very much for a decade of relevancy, which is so cool. Power was enough. But he was relevant before power. To this, oh, yeah. to the same degree, and he hadn't really been dropping shit. He just stays relevant since like two thousand three. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. And he, yeah, power is dope though. Power is a good. Your yeah, power, power is the best soap opera I ever watched. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm, For sure. I'm laying it out. It's what it is. It's a, there, there, there are literally simultaneous sex scenes for the first two seasons. As in, like, mm-hmm. main dude and chick is banging, and the next dude and they're at the same time. They did it in like every episode for two seasons. I'm like, yo, did, we used to like make fun of this. Like, ah, oh, here it is yeah. again. Is. but yet that show's banging. I don't even. I think it's I stopped pretty, in season I, four or something. But like, I went pretty far what? with it. I didn't watch go because what happened was is like. I got to the point where the last season hadn't been out yet. So it was okay. it was like I'd caught up, but the last mm-hmm. season hadn't come yet. And like life gets in the way sometimes of going back to a television show. I can tell you one thing. Sure. If you're a binge watcher like me, going to a new season a year and a half later is not the simplest thing in the world. <clears throat> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But it's it's such a good show that I mean that alone boost boosted his relevance. Not only that, but he created a show I think for ABC uh, like Lifetime or Life or something like that, where a man's in jail. I don't know about that one too much, but um, and he has his like cognac. He has a drink out, you know, Bronson's cognac. So it's like he's he's very intelligent is another thing too and that's that's the part that i'm very interested to like like 
how can I understand what he understands? He's so, so intelligent. Yeah. So intelligent. And you see it in his social media game. My favorite mm. moment in recent social media trolling is him buying out the whole front row of Jarvo's concert. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing, too. You say it, trolling. That's him. And he's always been on Jarrell's back since how when was it two thousand like, whatever whatever it was something like that yeah. yeah it's crazy and it's like we thought it was over Jarrell thought it was over you know it's never over <laughs> nah man fifty cent well to be fair Jarrell will occasionally be braggadocious and make a make a noise and he fifty cent only ever responds to any time Jarrell tries to have a career. Yeah, but that alone is like, what the fuck? Like, what's your problem? Leave him alone. I don't know. Let him let him eat too. There was alleged violence in the original incident. Who am I to say <laughs> how far revenge goes when alleged violence happens? Right? That's not That's a world true. I truly understand. But I can tell you if somebody tried to harm me, not physically, I might hold a grudge for the rest of my life because I might not be the bigger man always because, you know, I'm humans. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. yo, Fifty no, Cent true. makes money on that too. You think he doesn't make like yeah. he makes so much money trolling Ja Rule that if you're a good businessman, well, wouldn't you enjoy that? Like yo, I mean that's it. Like he just doesn't care. Like it's ethically a thing for us that I think is morally and ethically weird, and that's where Fifty Cent's fearlessness comes in. And he goes, "Nah, mm. I don't care." Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. always had a lot of trouble with that thing. That. 50 cent can do that i can't do yeah that's 50 that's 50 i mean I, I think he's i do think he's so intelligent so even when he's like trying to fuck with ja rule it's like no there's something else behind it you know it's like he's not just doing it like for no reason like nothing's for ja nothing he's doing it like <laughs> no i might have been playing it i bet at some point they're like yo we both make way more money on this like let's never do that's it. true like ja Rule is not in a position where he's not going to say like he's going to take the money he would take the money didn't he, he would take the money didn't like 50 buy his masters or some shit too don't say that did he 90 percent, not 100 maybe somebody who's watching can confirm <laughs> but like i'm pretty sure yeah like 50's on some shit with that but like again what if he's also slipping in 50 grand to make a move like this every time like, that's true that is the level of smart so it looks away but you also don't become a tycoon if you're dishonorable in your businesses <clears throat> that's true that's true so that's true that's what i mean he doesn't <clears throat> he doesn't care about his perception he's fearless about with regards to what you think of him and that's mm -hmm. the hard part if you and your heart and soul know you do only do good but the world thinks you're evil does it really matter you know like i think that's where he's at that's dope. That's dope. That's a dope perspective. Thank you. I'm really into that yeah. philosophical, like, I don't know, man. It's like trying to stay humble. Like, I mean, we're on camera, so grandiosity is like my move now. But like in real, real life, <laughs> I try to stay humble for real and remember for my sure. place in the universe and shit. Um, mm -hmm. You passed three hours. I just wanted you to know that you would because true. it was super it's fucking true. important after you said you wouldn't. Um, because you, you said that and i'm like oh you think so eh? okay let's do that yeah but it's yeah, also because yeah. you're mad interesting it's not like i look i can't always go this long 
it's not always possible for me to come up with ways to keep a conversation running this long. I do mm-hmm. want to wrap it up, though, because I'm getting real hungry, and it's like 10.20, and I don't know how much more I can stay creative and dope <coughs> with it, you know? <laughs> all good, all good. I'm also, like, coughing every seven seconds, and I'm like, this is not going to be great for sound bites after if I keep this up. So, like, anyhow. It's true. Um, where's, where's your water? Yo, it's almost done, but we all great. We're just, I just, I'm like, maybe my voice is, like, giving me signs and shit. No, but this was amazing. This is everything I hoped for. Like, listen, this is all I want out of this shit. I want people to tell me that I need to think differently. <laughs> it seems like a weird goal, but selfishly, yo, Chris, relax. I didn't cough that much. My editor's here going, I got it, my guy. I'm going to fuck it. I'm like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm like, but like, that's what I love about this. Yo, if I can have a conversation where I learn something and maybe you learn something, I don't know. That's not really a, like it's a, it's cool if you do, but like really, I want to learn shit, and I got to learn a lot about serenity. You gave me tips for life. You gave all of us tips for life, and that's the thing. I represent everybody watching with this. All of us are learning with me, so that's why it's such a dope experience. And if we can go that long and cover so many things, like yo, we slipped in some SoCan, we slipped in some you know all sorts of different things, real things that get put into it that people can go back on you know you hyped up let's for so much it's a fucking ad <laughs> you just made an yeah. ad for them by accident i know i didn't um was it by accident nah because you agree with it <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah i use my flowery on persona language it is what it is i don't think anything in life <laughs> is that accidental unless nah, like, i don't think so either i mean you might not be aware of how it got there until after the fact but accident i don't know um, but yo, yeah. you may... I always say nothing's for nothing. I always say nothing's for nothing. Like, so what are the odds I chose yeah, to go to that show? You know, like what are the odds? True. That's a bunch That's of random, true. right? Like I didn't go to any shows for a minute. I saw a Lorelai Lahiri post about supporting female artists and nobody ever goes to their show. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I need to be able to say I went to some women's shows and I went <laughs> to two and two weekends. The other one was hosted by Steven. I think that's his name, the the Le Cipher guy. I don't remember. I don't know. I, I know Vincent it's, Steven. That's it. Yeah, his middle name is Steven, so I caught that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent, him. So I, he, mm-hmm. he was hosting the next show the next week where I happened to see Naya Ali before I knew who Naya Ali was. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy, right? Like, And yo, that's when I realized women can rap. Like, let me yeah. be clear. I ain't never seen 10 dudes show up ready to rap like that Le Chick show. Mm-hmm. All y'all were ready. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We took it seriously. I know. I I know. For, I can only speak for myself, really. I took it seriously, and I know for some of the girls who they also took it seriously. So um, you know, it's a big deal. And once again, I don't like to separate man versus woman, female versus male. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a rapper and you're passionate about your art and you're passionate about your craft you're going to take it seriously to the point that you want to put on a good show. You want to make people vibe with you. You want to make people catch a a wave, you know? So whether it's a male or a female. That's true. You know what I mean? I was actually baffled. Yo, that show had no men in it. And then you go to the show (laughs) with the dudes and it's just dudes. I'm like, yo, there's a fucking broken something. At least one of those ladies told me flat out, I wish there were men here. You think you're the only ones who want groupies? And I, my mind was blowing. I was like, <laughs> men are 
not there for some reason. I don't know why. I'm not single, well. right? So like, I'm not there to do things like this. But mm -hmm. my that put me in a whole different mind frame. Now I'm in my observational mode the whole night, and I'm like, there's like 50 women in this room, and the only six guys here have girlfriends. Where am I? Nobody told me this exists in Montreal. And it's all banging hip hop. Like, all of it. It was good. Everybody there brought something to the table. And then the next week, I went to another all lady lineup. And let me tell you something at a preparedness level, the same thing. And mm -hmm. I'd never gone to two shows in two weekends. And I'm, this is me. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying I had never gone to two shows in two weekends in a row that were all lined up proper like that. It was all women performing. I'm not saying that there's a difference or anything, but I've been to mm -hmm. way more shows with dudes and seen a lot less preparedness. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That's all I can gotcha. say is anecdotally. That's all I can say. But y'all didn't have hype men's and shit. Y'all weren't like 15s nope. on the stage. Y'all were like, nope. I don't need that shit. Let me do my shit. I am doing what you think I'm doing a little bit. I'm having fun with it. I'm sorry. That's fine. Have fun with it. I go to these shows I mean, where there's like 15 fucking dudes on there. I'm like, come on, my guy. Anyway, I'm yeah, not trying to throw shade. Know, I'm not trying to be like that. Um, it's later. This is why I have to like be extra cautious at this time of day. <laughs> but uh, it's true, though. Like, your show is entertaining as a show. I was entertained yeah. as a fan. It was mm -hmm. a really weird experience for the tier of venue and shit that it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't... Yeah. But and, and you you touch on something very important like no hype men no extra 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 amount of people on the stage you know, um, which once again I think is important because you want at least as the artist you want the crowd to be engaged with you, not just because you have a crowd behind you, you know what I mean. You want your crowd to be engaged with you because you are engaging, you know, not just because there's a whole bunch of hype men and other people behind you helping you engage the crowd. You know, sometimes the hype men are more excited about the song than the crowd themselves. So you have to find a way to engage your audience in your music. Uh, when I perform, I love performing. I think performing is one of my favorite things to do after writing mm. because, um, that's when the crowd really feels the energy of what serenity is as an oxymoron, you know? So, um, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Most I, definitely. I have one more comment from one of my patrons who asked it like way, way early on. And I'm like, it's not the right time, but he wants me to ask everybody who your favorite artist influences are. Oh, okay. Um, my favorite, like, artists as far as um bars go and flow i would say biggie smalls uh notorious big rest in peace to biggie smalls um also uh andre 3000 that guy i love that guy for his bars like his his flow is sick too i mean he he has he's he's a good package you know so smart, so intelligent with the puns, so intelligent with the play words, uh, excuse me, play word, wordplay. <laughs> so um, definitely Andre 3000. Um, Missy Elliott 
because she's Missy Elliott, she's so ahead of her time. Her vision was far compared to the other female artists that were during her time. You know what I mean? Her vision was was and is still very far. I would go and, beyond uh, just the ladies of her time. Her vision was far for music of her. You, know, you mm-hmm. can put on a Missy Elliott song from that era, and a lot of it sounds like it could have been kind of thought of today. Yeah, exactly. And not only the not only the music, but her videos too. And you know she has a hand in those videos for sure. So definitely Missy, and she's like, she's for me, she's like. She's number one female uh, rap artist. Uh, so they would be my top three. Then I go to four. I, I love Eminem for his speed and his also wordplay. Very, 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 very dope artist. And um, I mentioned Busta Rhymes before and Nas. I like Nas for his, um, I like him for his flow and his lyricism. He does you know, and he flow. always brought something. Yeah, he does. He has a good flow. He's smooth. He's mellow, but lyrically tight, and at the same time conscious too. To the point that, um, yeah, I, I like. I, I really like Nas. I really like Nas. That's dope. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so yeah. I appreciate you answering that. I just. Uh, no problem. I only ask it when he shows up and asks it because I feel like it's one of those questions you're ho- you're gonna get it in every interview ever ever ever. So like I'm gonna try to not do that with my shits. Um, that's the truth of it. Um, but yeah, thank you. I don't know what else to say at this point except this was amazing. Um, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't think we've really had a real conversation like proper before this outside of my excessive text spamming, which it is what it is. I type <laughs> fast. Um, but yeah, thank you again. And thank you for coming last Tuesday to decipher like on a personal front. That meant a lot to me because it's a new project yeah. that we're doing. So we always hope to see you come through. We're doing it every Tuesday until we can't. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to cool man. Logan also for letting me know about it uh, from the jump. And a shout out to you for hosting it and letting me know about the Zoom link and getting on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, we just want it to be, honestly, it's what that Max did, honestly, but mostly with a big antenna selling beats. That's my biggest goal. So I want these beat makers. Because, yo, from like a futuristic point of view, how can you have a sound in your city without producers? You can't. And like, we can you all can't. rap, whatever, but like, yo, it's like young mustard and all these motherfuckers that made atlanta like super hot and shit and like you know premier and all this shit that made new york like you know like people don't necessarily see it like that but like so me it's now about all love to the producers and the rappers are secondary to me no offense to rappers mm-hmm. we secondary no that's fine that's fine my first ep i used predominantly um montreal producers actually and one Montreal producer in particular, I think I have like maybe three of three songs. Yeah, I used him for three songs, like his uh, productions for three songs. Crazy. So it's like out of seven songs, three songs, uh, one man from Montreal, definitely uh, enough respect to Shamandi. Mm. And um, yeah, dope, dope, dope. I ended up accidentally making mention music with Montreal Beats because I didn't know mm-hmm. anybody else and everything happened like that, but nobody's ever heard of most of the people I worked with. 
So that's why like, I'm trying to get my main guy. I'm like, dude, sell your fucking beats, dude. They're dope. <laughs> and he's like, wait, people would buy them? I literally, you know, you know how many times I had that chat anyway. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we have we have producers all over, and we have like even our sound engineers who are producers, like Merker and oh, Merker's uh, wonderful. Meticulous. So Meticulous makes beats, Merker makes beats, and like you see them on IG, they're like posting like some of the stuff they're cooking up. So it's like you know we just have to take heed to that. I mean, presently I'm still going through a list of beats that I have in store because I remember wait, wait. buying a slew of beats. You know what I mean? So uh, until I get rid of those, I will then move on to another thing because that's how. No, I mean, but and it's not really about you or I or anything. I did a whole project with Beats from Alabama because I was like, that would be kind of cool. That's an international album. Mm -hmm. That's why I did that one. But like the whole Cypher's existence for me is to sell Montreal Beats. But because, yo, there's this thing called Amino Domini where people buy beat packs like crazy. And I'm like, they don't live in Montreal. I'm certain there's people in Montreal that'll sell you a beat pack for the same price. Literally, if That's you're like true. saying you'll put That's up true. dollars, I'm sure somebody's got a beat pack they're cooking up. So why are we putting money in LA? Why are we putting money in New York? Why are we? I don't mean this to like disrespect these cities and shit, but like, why don't we just keep the money in Montreal? That's true. That's my That's mission true. with it. So I feel like if people can hear how Fuego the beats are, they're not going to feel as inclined to go jump at places. They'll be like, yo, who made that beat? And then they'll want to well, go that was it. That was me on Tuesday, right? <laughs> when I heard that beat, I was like, yo, whose beat is that? Mm. And then you had to let me know. You had to hit me up and let me know. That's what it is, which I forgot about after because life is busy. Yes, you did. I'm yes, not. I am okay. like so fucking scatterbrained there, but now I remember that's that. Okay. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> but yeah, for real, um, that's kind of what the goal is with that shit. Uh, is is that is to introduce Montreal artists? Well, not necessarily just Montreal. I don't fucking care if the rapper wants to take money from somewhere else and put it in Montreal. That's okay with me too. So rappers can be from anywhere, but the beats have to be Montreal. That's the yeah, main mission. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank. I just wanted to thank you for coming through because I feel like having Serenity come through and that was dope. That was, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but thank you again. Thank you all for watching too, because without y'all, like, you know, there's no real purpose in my opinion of doing it live. Maybe not doing it, yes, but doing it live, you know, it's more fun with an audience. And there have been comments coming through, honestly, like Jamal Hussein's been here, so shout out him. Shout out the boy Chris Crum. Merker came through before, Meticulous has been watching, my homeboy Ismail's there. So like, we've had people watching this shit and interacting and engaging, which, you know, that's part of why we go this long. Because if people aren't there and engaging, I'm like, well, I guess it's not that lit tonight. Which uh, is not my decision. It's the people's decisions. So the people chose sure. you as super interesting. Um, for sure. So yeah, do you have any like last words for the folk before I do my little wrap-up speech? Uh, no, just thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting uh, Bridge the Gap, uh, Behind That Suit, Serenity. And uh, let's keep Montreal rolling and booming. That's all. Fresh.
So yeah, thanks That's again fun. to everyone. Special thanks to the patrons: Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Pato, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Lindo Ames, and Scribble. The dub. They support what we do. If you on Twitch and you support what we do, you can hit that subscribe and that. If it's if you had that Amazon Prime, it's free. And if you're in the future watching, it's Patreon.com/slash Behind That Suit. If you want to give real love and all that good shit. Otherwise, for real, reals. Thank y'all for being here. You know, subscribe, like, follow all that future video stuff. Cause it's not the live video. That's the future video. People watching. And on that note, everybody, we're going to start a raid over here on the Twitch. A raid is when you invade the next channel. You might know that. It's still habit speech. And I'm going to hit that. And live long and prosper, everyone. Mm -hmm.